All right. Let's do this thing. So, can, before we dive in here and count in, can I just say something? Have you guys seen all this? Maybe you haven't. Maybe it's just the podcast and stuff I follow. But there's all this bullshit going back and forth about The Last of Us Part 1 where, like, some people are, it's the greatest game of all time, and I'm so happy they did this this remake, and then other people are like, why would you waste resources and time on this remake? And That's where I'm at. Okay, so I follow, there, there's a podcast I follow. I don't know if our channel follows it, or if I follow it specifically, or maybe both, whatever. Just see what the podcast is. Uh, it's Loot Chest Pod. Nope. It's not no, a big, no, no, it's, no. it's not huge. I mean, they're... No, they're, it's fine. Yeah, no, they're you're size, not huge either, so it's fine. They... So they are very well, the the guy that is running their social and that is a host on the show. He is very uh, high and mighty against the people that are negative on this by posting like really snarky stuff of like how gorgeous the game looks and like everybody thought it'd be bad. Of course, it'd be great. Like in hindsight, can I just nobody say, thought the game would be bad? So it's here's literally so, the Last of Us one. It's here, like it, that's what I want to. That's what I. That's what I want to say. My opinion on this on this bullshit is, of course, the game is great because the game itself was great. Yes. And do you think it's going to be like nobody in the planet thinks it's going to be worse by making it gorgeous, like updating the graphics. Yeah, right? But also, like the game still looked good. Like, also, right, it did. No, hold on. I will say that I've been watching a, a stream of it. It looks fucking fantastic no, now. Absolutely. It, more than it did then. It was great then, but I will say that it looks phenomenal. The water, the water effects, everything. They're the guide lights, things of that but nature. Like, yeah. But nobody in the world thought it was going to be bad, right? Nobody looks no. at it and says, ugh, no, it's like, the same game. why would you do it? It's the same game, yeah. and it looks gorgeous. The problem that people have, this is what, I think this is what the, the stands for this game misunderstand, is we're not, we're not mad that this great game is pretty. It's why are you wasting resources up-resing and asking people to pay for a game that's not that and old great story and for, already pretty not just pay for pay 70 fucking dollars yeah. for and a game that because i agree like it, it does look good but like they did they already did a ps4 remaster sure. of it yeah that made better. it look even yeah. prettier than the ps3 one and it was locked 60 right. the whole thing like at that point, I don't just I no, don't need it. I don't no, understand that. It, it's it looks better, but like it's it's yeah. putting it on the the reason why they did that. I think is they put it on the level of Last of Us Part Two, so therefore it seems more fluid. You're not having a jarring thing of the fidelity, the quality as far as what when changes. I, but I think when I, I, I played through both, it was but yeah, it's, it's yeah when I played different. through, I didn't think that it was that jar. Like it just it's it, not jarring, I but was, I think it's as yeah. different as like the remaster of. Uncharted three to Uncharted no sorry Uncharted fuck goddamn it was the last one Uncharted four four yeah okay, so the difference between Uncharted three and four there's a very different fidelity on like the faces of your characters yeah, things of that nature fair. so but, that's but they, that they just is wanted to games, make that right they just want to make that the same same and you, you have the same issue you have the same issue when you go watch movies. Like, this is what happens sure. when time right. passes. It doesn't take away. I'm also, fu- like, if they really want to do the remake, that's fine, whatever. But then, like, you should charge $30. Oh, yeah. It, no, 70 is outrageous. And it also me, should be for your elite. It's unbelievable. For your elite. To me is this. You should have I think, yeah, I think that shows the problem in the direction of Sony, 
right? Oh, this well, direction. Dude, because they're essentially Naughty Dog is a first party, their first party studio for all intents and purposes for Sony. So it's just Sony saying, "Give us that money, piggy." Like we know we can yeah. pop oh, this. Yeah. It's a great game. People love it. They're gonna you buy it. Buy this it. time it's seventy dollars. That's the problem. You know what the not worst part the game, is? Not the devs. Like it's a great game. You know what the worst and part you saw is? The, uh, what? No multiplayer. No multiplayer. Yep. The worst part, no which is infuriating, because that's literally the best part of that. Whatever. It's so fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But just, but you're charging seventy dollars for a fuck. It, I it, just, it has it's unnecessary. That and then nobody you, doubted you, the quality of that game. Is all. I'm did saying. you get? No. Yeah, I agree. Did you guys see the Call of Duty thing too with Sony? Was that today? It was two days ago. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. What was it? I meant to send it to you guys, and I blanked. But then this, you bringing up this is what shows the problem with Sony. It made me it hit my brain again. Phil Spencer put out a thing basically saying like, "Hey, uh, after the Activision deal expires, Call of Duty is no longer going to be going on PlayStation stuff." And he said, he was like, "We tried to offer a deal, and Sony said no." So, just so everybody is clear, like that's what I. I want to put it out there. I don't want it to be like, oh, Microsoft's a big bad, blah, blah, blah. We put out a deal that would have given them some time so that we could figure out maybe like a more permanent solution. But they said no. So you are getting it. And Jim Ryan came out and was like, uh, I'm, I'm going to make a statement now since Phil decided to he, like, he got very teenage girl about it. He was like, of course. What, what, I assu- what I assumed was a private business conversation is apparently getting leaked on the internet, so I'm going to make a statement now. It's like, okay, Madonna, calm down, no first shit. of all. Yeah. And second, he was like, um, he said that Phil offered us to, we would go, we would have all the way up until the Activision deal, and then three more years to figure out like to so if if i sign this then i have that long to figure out like another solution or whatever okay like a more permanent thing it's a long time and and he was like that's not multiple years and it's like no it in fact is actually he's saying it goes all the way up until your activision deal ends which how who i think 2024 what and then three years after yeah. that I, unfortunately for you, Jim, I don't know if you know how to, but that is multiple years and yeah. think about the game it's not just multiple years that's that that's game like seven out, entries. Yeah, it's that's like seven life cycles because it pumps out like a game a year, dude. I was so I was gonna say this again, Christian. We've we've all alluded to it. Like we know we work in the tech industry, and I see this all the time on the on the big tech side, and it drives me nuts. Companies that do things that are, and they're disingenuous about it. They Sony are the ones that are like, please don't let Microsoft go console exclusive. Let's get out there. Let's do the press. Like, make Microsoft <sighs> keep these games everywhere. But if Sony signs a deal, they will be the first company to create console exclusives. You see it a lot of times. The two companies right now, like uh, Apple Messages and Google, like, bring the... Yep. Google could fix this issue really easily, and they had the chance, but they're like, we don't want to pay for it, so we're going to put it off on Apple and get the... Like, Sony is that. They would yep. be the first company to go exclusive and be like, well, what's the problem? I don't see the problem. It's Sony. Yeah. Like, you want... To, dude... Why, do, why do they want... Why do you want me to hate you? I don't understand. Like, we all... I, we can all get along. Jim yeah. Ryan sucks. Yes, he's the worst. Sony's going hard. Too hard. All right. 
Let's count it in. Three, two, one. Start. Welcome, everyone, to our latest episode of The Testing Room, where three of the gaming industry's best video game consultants who have never consulted on a video game bring you new topics each and every week. As always, I'm Alex, a.k.a. The Gauzfather. I'm Christian, a.k.a. Sudowoodoo45. I'm Preston, a.k.a. Funkadelic Jedi. All right, let's go ahead and dive into our weeks. Um, and I'm going to start this week only because I've played a couple of things, and there was one that I forgot to talk about the last time we all got together oh. and talked, and I didn't want to forget about it this time. Fair. And I think I I think I sent it to you in a message where I was like, You it's... did. You sent us you gave us a one sentence review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've played a couple of games. I'm trying to pull up a, a, some pictures I deleted, uh, just for my reference. But I pulled I played a couple of games. One of them was on uh, Game Pass and it was um, Two Point Campus. And right. my review I sent to them was, it's fine. Just fine. Yep. And I don't know. Have you guys seen anything on that game? No, I heard that it was... I think I, I remember people being excited about it. Um, like some friends of ours, but I can't... Yeah. I don't remember exactly the so or where it went, but... It's it's a sim. It's a, it's a sim and resource management game. It's like... Uh, it, it's kind of like a mix between The Sims and, like, SimCity, a roller coaster tycoon. Like, you sure. are a, the dean of a college, and you literally are building the colleges by picking the buildings and, like, setting up the rooms and, like, deciding what you want. So you Building have that, college. like, sim. Yeah, you have that, yeah. Yep, you have that sim builder aspect to it. But then there are other things to, like, the happiness meter and relationships and other stuff that give you the sims aspect Portion, to it. okay. And there's actually some really <laughs> funny, like... There's the pictures I took were of my student roster because they're just auto-generated names, so you get like some ridiculous things. So like on this on this automated roster, I have like uh, Jeff Fool, I have Erroneous Gruff, that's that's a student. I have Clyde Vinegar, and then there's like a Piper McGuffin and Kensington Codswallop, like. It's a big cute. fan of Kensington Codswallop. That's cool. <laughs> There's also a, a sideshow marathon. That's a person. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Good one. Um, I'm trying to Paul Transformer. All right. Okay. Now he's yeah. my new number one. <laughs> so there are there's His Father Optimus Jones. <laughs> <laughs> there's also uh, I like this one just because the fantasy aspect. Wolfric Half Moon. I thought that was a pretty badass name. Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. But also. That's like there, not too far off from your Final Fantasy fourteen name. It's really not. <laughs> there was a median chunk, which is pretty funny, and Lighter then Her- Herbie syrup. Herbie um, syrup. Herbie syrup. Oh, Herbie! Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. Okay. And Ben shirt dress, just to name a few. So, All right. like, they like it's, it's it's cute and it's clever and Preston, a, it's lot like, a lot of words. <laughs> there's some funny things to it. Um, Put that on the box, folks. Two point campus. A lot of words. A lot, a lot of, words. of words. But it just it didn't stick with me, honestly. I think the problem was the pacing of the game, where essentially Are you a big sim person anyway. 
I used to be a huge SimCity person in Roller Coaster Tycoon when I was younger. I did dabble in like The Sims one or two when it first came out, but beyond that, no. Like I'm okay. not a big Sim person. Um, so I'm going in vague here. the The problem for me, like I said, is the pacing in the sense that like when it comes to SimCity and Roller Coaster Tycoon and The Sims, like you're building a city or you're building a, a, a theme park that's going to last a while. You're going to see it through quite a few years, not real lifetime, but video game time. And then, like, in The Sims, you're starting a person's life that branches out into friends and a community. So there's a lot of time put in to watch this place grow. In Two Point Campus, you the goal is to get your campus up to three stars, which is the max. In the first campus I started, I got to one star in about 15 minutes. I got to two stars in about an hour and a half. And once you get to two stars, they go, hey, you can go to three if you want, or you've done so well, let's promote you to a new campus. And you unlock another one in another place. And it's just like, you don't spend a whole lot of time in any one specific area. And because they do the star system, it kind of cheapens the experience because I figured out pretty quickly, in order to keep people happy, they need food, they need bedding, um, and they need bathrooms. So my first campus was like all dorms. Just like all oh, dorms sure. and entertainment and then a few classes because the classes can hold so many people. Fair. So I was really bringing people in and I was I was completing missions and getting stars because like I was building to the people and not towards like what a college campus would have. So it's almost like you hacked the game. So it was, it was fine. It was just fine. If you're yeah. into those games, you may like it, but you're going to progress pretty quickly to some of those campuses at which point I just go like, is, what am I doing this for? Yeah, what is it? What am I? Is it even fun? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I would rather just have one campus that I build as big as I can make it for as long as I can, versus go like, here's one, here's a new, and here's a new one. Yeah. But it's on Game Pass, so if you want to check it out, it's free. I didn't delete it off the Xbox because who knows? But um, it is what yeah. it is. The other game I played was a Switch pickup. So I told you guys last week when we were talking. Um, I beat Cult of the Lamb while we were on the pod. Yes, you did. And that was pretty early into vacation. It was so actually like, during Preston's week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was possible. very rude. It's it was, fine. It was very quick. I was trying to finish it beforehand, but quick. I didn't get to it. Yeah, sure. Um, but that was a 100%. Completed that game fully, which is exciting. Well, I take that back. Um, there's one thing I'm missing, which I think is the same thing everybody's still missing on that. But, the snails? Uh, I'm missing one one like mat uh outfit or something that's just they they fixed that so that should be yeah i'll have to go back in and check um but that game was great talked about it so i had a few days left i was like i don't know what to play and i was like i don't know if i should buy anything so i jumped back into hades and i had hades already on the switch i had beat hades but i had never like done all the side missions and like got all the loyalty levels up and the companion levels and stuff so i just started running hades and i had a blast with it returning to that game feels so it felt so good, and I got almost everything up. So I didn't 100% that, but I'm very close. Um, but I left that experience going, if there's any highly rated game that deserves a sequel, I would love to see Hades, but this time on Mount Olympus. Like oh, a short sure. Dungeon Girl, like doing something similar, still with God uh, of Zagreus. <laughs> but like with the gods of Mount Olympus, because that's what you're trying yeah. to do is like kind of bring them back together. That'd be fun. It maybe just even a DLC, like something not a full blown game. Because I don't know if you need even more. But that game is so perfect. But then I got to that, and I was like, oh, 
what do I want to play now? And there had been a game I had seen pop up a lot on the PlayStation because of like my tastes and the games that I play. And I've seen pop up other places called, and I'll probably say this incorrectly, Anno Mutationum. So like A-N-N-O, first word, second word, mutation with E-M after it. Yeah. You're mentioning it earlier. Yeah. I have never heard of this game. Me either. Um, I'll drop a, a link into sure. the into the uh, chat here, just so you can see like what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it it's on console. I picked it up on Switch, and honestly, it is the perfect perfect game for like a Switch. I it was I picked it up for ten dollars. I think the original price is twenty or something. Um, if I would have paid 20 bucks and I would have picked it up on PlayStation, I probably would have been a little bit disappointed. But like for a pick it up and play as you want on, on a Switch, it is 100% perfect. So it's it's a cyberpunk pixel art game. Um, it's an art, it has RPG in it. But you essentially... I, I haven't made it far enough in the story yet to know everything. You're a girl. I don't know if you're a robot Okay, well, just so we're clear, I just want because I'm looking at this mm-hmm. right now. Uh, this art style is, ugh, that is phenomenal. Yeah, I like the art style. Yeah, so God, the, I like that art style. So the cyberpunk environment is fantastic. Like, and the music Combat is great. Dope. And I played it while watching uh, while watching Blade Runner 2049, <laughs> Damn, which you actually you were jacked all the way in, dude. And I actually finished Blade Runner, and I was like, "Holy shit, this movie is way better than I remember it being." <laughs> like, it was no, all it, it was so good. Um, but the cyberpunk, they nailed the cyberpunk. The music is great. The art style is fantastic. Like I said, I'm not far enough into the story. I know I'm a girl. I don't know if I'm if I am some sort of cybernetic being or if I'm just human, but like, because both of them exist in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm adopted. I have a family with siblings, but my dad is actually a robot. There's also a virus going on that is like deteriorating humans and turning them into more mechanical creatures, but it's fun. Like it's really, this looks hype. This looks pretty good. Yeah. Some of these combat stuff that I'm seeing, this looks really good. It's really fun so far. Um, Christian, I know you, well, both of you guys, I know you use switch a lot or not switch, but steam a lot. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you sent me the steam thing. I honestly, that's probably where I'll look at this. That's what I would say. And honestly, I think the steam community is one of the most fair communities out there. So like, that's where I would probably go for reviews to see what you'd think. But it's got it. almost three thousand reviews and it's at uh, mostly positive. Yeah. So that's twenty five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So good pickup, um, but yeah. it, it yeah, feels at home on Switch. So yeah, that's those are the two games I've been playing. I there was another game I dabbled in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I see Christian's face. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. No. <laughs> so I don't. Uh, Hey, look. I don't know you, what to before say. Before you say anything, just know that you can. I I look at me right now. I'm giving you an out. You can have this out if you want. You it's, don't have to. You don't. It's have not. To bring it's it up. not right keeping secrets from Preston and our friends here. So Destiny, look. Yeah. So here's what happened, and this actually led to our topic. Does your wife this, know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
She, I try, I'll tell you about that in a second. So here's what, here's what happened. Actually, Christian and I talked about this, and this is what has led to our topic, because in our conversation around Destiny and Halo, this is where our topic tonight comes from. So, And RE7. That story, too. There's yes. Of things, yeah. Yes. Uh, so the th- I-, I wanted a good first-person shooter to play, because like I said, I'd finished all these games. I have nothing on PlayStation until, like... Um, God of War comes out. I don't really have anything I'm looking forward on Xbox until um, Plague Tale Requiem comes out next month. And I I have these games on Switch, but they're kind of like pick up as you go. So I didn't have anything I'm really diving into right now. And I wanted a good first-person shooter because I, I love that multiplayer. I'm not a sports game person. I had been in the past, but I'm typically not. So I'm not going to go by FIFA. I'm not going to go by Madden. So I wanted something I could jump in, play multiplayer. Halo is that game. Halo has problems. Beyond what we're going to talk about tonight, my biggest problem with Halo is that it feels very Earthbound. So, like, I love the sci-fi spacey stuff, but when I play Halo, I feel like I'm on Earth. Halo-bound. Which yeah, she is, I think it is what they're going for. Yeah, and then as Christian said, like, that's what they're going for, right? They wanted to feel somewhat Earthbound. Um, but Destiny, it feels sci-fi like the vistas you see when you stare out about like you're on like it just everything about it feels alien so i was like well there's i trust christian and we've like this tasting games and my tasting games and things he's recommended and like and i should talk you want to get him i know i was like he said good things like (laughs) so in in the cover of darkness i wake up really early ali's sleeping nobody's awake in the house i go and download (laughs) an xbox I'm like, I'm going to try this shit. That's the only appropriate way yeah. to handle this game, by the way. <laughs> the cover of darkness. I was like, I'm going to try this. It, it unfortunately ended up taking like an hour to download or longer because it was like a huge, like 128 gig file or something. It's um, a big boy. It was big. So then by the time it actually finished, um, I got like one match in and I was digging it. And honestly, what grabbed me, the thing I noticed out the gate of that game is what Bungie is known for, the music is so good. Yeah, they're composed. Always been. It's yeah. it's so good. And it's different for the Witch Queen because it's just like kind of hollow and haunting and like a horror type feel to it. Still. Um so I played a match and I kind of paused it and I hear Allie get up jostle around. She walks out the living room. She sits down, I hop in another match, no big deal. And I forget what happened. Like maybe I had died or maybe I'd gone to orbit or something. She goes, You playing Destiny right now? <laughs> And I was just like, no, I'm not. And just pressed the center Xbox button and turned off the <laughs> console. Um, so I haven't played that more than like an hour you and a half the, with Christian. You played the first, yeah, we played the first mission of the Witch Queen campaign. That's it. And I've done some multiplayer, which by the way, like, you guys So wait, remember. just so we're clear, we need to roll back. Is that what your wife knows right now? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you are so fucked. <laughs> what? What? Because, because very clearly, Allie is going to remember what that looks like, and then the next time she comes out, and you very clearly will be playing, and she's going to go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I told, I said this big long thing to Christian, because I wasn't ready to tell everybody yet, and it was this like... Look, man, I'm sorry, but I have to be. I have to come clean. I have an addiction. I was like, it's nothing bad, but it's to having fun. I was like, and I'm sick of denying the fun that I want to have. I was like, I remember all of these good times years ago playing this game together, and I'm not gonna say that I 
you didn't have fun as well. Like, I'm not going to deny this. I was like, I almost ruined a young marriage when I was yeah. playing this game. Um, I so. still remember Preston and I listening to you whisper during that raid. <laughs> yeah. I was we were I was actually just talking about this story with somebody else, a mutual friend of all three of us that also has very long hair. Um, and but we were chatting it up, and I was just like, I was like, dude, you remember back when we were doing that like original Vault of Glass raid, and we were all hype and we beat it, and then all of a sudden we hear Alex come very close to the microphone and whispering goes, um, "Hey guys, uh, I." My my wife's really mad and she's trying to sleep, um, so I got to mute. But yay, I'm so excited! And then mute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was yeah. So I I haven't played much, um, and I am not as good at the multiplayer as I used to be because I used to be pretty good, uh, way better at Destiny multiplayer than I was at Halo. And, and that I am. We played together. We still played. We got middle of the pack. It's not. Yeah, bad. we did middle of the pack. Um, but not as good as they used to be. And hey, we had above sh- a 1.0 KD. That's all you can Dude, ask for. Things have changed in that game, but they it's, it's stuff also, I need to they've learn. Still been, they've, they've also still been trying to figure out, like, balancing and stuff. From, from what I understand, anyway, I am, like, again, I am not in that community at all, but mm. from what I understand, PvP in general is people are... Yeah. The, the dev team's been doing a lot of changes to see sort of what sticks and what doesn't yeah. kind of thing. So I... I, I haven't finished the story. I have nothing to report on that. It just was downloaded. You like the first mission? The first mission was dope. It looked great. But, but you guys already know, the hive was my favorite anyway. Because they had the deepest, most robust lore. Um, but yeah, that was great. Um, I'll have more to report on that. Um, again, like I still love Halo. There's one thing that nobody has been able to compete with Halo, and that's the sound. Nothing like hey, the the way those guns sound when you fire. Yeah, it's impossible. There's a heavy. There's like a funk to them that yeah. is yeah. unmatched. It's bungee, but, man. What do you want? Yeah, but uh, Halo has other issues that we're going to talk about later. After yeah. these gentlemen do their weeks. Speaking of speaking of Halo, really quick, just quick shout out to Jake who messaged me beforehand and said uh, he was pretty sure he was going to choke on these words while he was typing them. Um, but apparently the new uh, event that just launched in Halo today is actually the best one and most fun they've ever made. All right. Um, and Jake said that he really likes it a lot, and he's nice. mad that he likes it so much. But. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope it carry, I hope it carries Jake over until March. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they're going to have a lot more until <laughs> then, but yeah. yes. Anyway. Um, so I'll go. So uh, I, my usuals, uh, those are still good. Move on. Um, I... I'll get this one out of the way too before I get to the games. Uh, I watched Rings of Power. Hey, I think hey. we all have. So we tell all us have. Thing. We yeah. all have. Well, cut up. I think I have a question I for both of you who are super lore boys. So once we get there, we all get there. So the game, uh, my my opinion is Rings of Power. It's a movie is uh, show TV show. First Sorry, episode was a C, maybe C minus, and second episode was a C plus. I think it is. To quote uh, one Alex, uh, it's fine, just fine. I, like <laughs> my my biggest problem. Here's my thing. My biggest problem with the show right now is its pacing, and it, I'm I'm what I'm worried. They are trying. So for everybody who doesn't know, Rings of Power is a sort of prequel series that Amazon is doing about Lord of the Rings. Uh, they're basing it in the Second Age. Um, so that is, I think it's off the top of my head, it's like. 
4,000 years before the events of The Hobbit, if I'm pretty sure. Um, anyway, so what they're basing it off of, though, this, the reason they're doing the Second Age is because it is one of the only parts of that entire mythos that has not been explicitly spelled out in one way or the other. Um, so, like, the first age has the Cimmerillion, and although it is written in a very old English poetry kind of way, it's very clear what happens in that set. And then, obviously, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings books are very clear about what happens in those. So the only time that isn't really talked about is uh, the second age, where in the it's called the appendices, but in the front of those books... Um, it is basically like an Excel spreadsheet with names, dates, and it's basically, this is what happens at this time, here's some events that people can know about, blah, 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 and it takes you up to the, to the current day. So, I will say, uh, first, hats off to the showrunners for deciding to do it in that time period, because it's the only time period you could have chosen that allows you to take creative liberties from how, I was say they, creative from how events yeah. get from A to B. Yeah. Because there's nothing there. So if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it. Now, that being said, they are already, in my opinion, getting very close to fucking that up. Because <laughs> in, in, inside, those, inside that timeline, there are very clear things that happen. Like, for instance, there is a... When... I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the big bad of the Lord of the Rings universe is Sauron, but whatever. It's not. Um, but if you don't know that by now, then I mean, that's, it's, that's on you. It, it, that's not he was the bad guy in The Hobbit. He's the bad guy in Lord of the Rings. He's the bad guy every yeah. time. Like, outside of Morgoth and the Cimmerillion, that's it. Anyway. And even then, Sauron is still the bad guy because he's one of his chief people, but whatever. Anyway. So, um, I... So, uh, there's a point in which... Galadriel has a kid who ends up being um, Elrond's wife, who then obviously Liv Tyler, Arwen, is their child. So, but that that event happens, like, right around the time that Sauron comes back. And I don't know about you guys, but... If right now, the pace of the show is going, it seems like she's pro that's probably not going to happen. And the thing that will irritate me about that is it's like, it, I'm not saying that she, but like, the thing that'll piss me off is it's like, sure, you can just pretend like she just doesn't have a kid, but then that has cascading effects going down that's like, but then it would be, it would be different if her kid was like of zero consequence, right? But it ends up being Elrond's wife, who is Arwen's mother, who ends up like that's it's like a, it's not a non-essential character. This right. is no this is no show spoilers. Like this is not having the show right no, now. No, this is this all is book stuff. So but him yeah. lore. So lore. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the show at all. Um but so anyway, that's my biggest problem right now is the pacing. I'm worried that what's gonna happen is that they are going to either blow past certain events or make so that they don't happen, or they've already said that they're reducing the time. By like seventy five percent, so certain events are going to happen like back to back as far as so the show is concerned. Does that mean the difference of time between um, you said like the second and third era will be shortened according to this show? 
No, so the the to get to the third the, era. Yes, yeah. So like the the events that happen in the second age, instead of spanning, age, sorry. I'm just going to talk like instead of spanning three thousand years, are going to span three hundred. You know, thirty okay. or a hundred, yeah, yeah, yeah. like to, however they want to do Fair it. Enough. But like it's supposed to be going down by like seventy five percent, so it's going to be a lot. So, but the thing that worries me with that is it's like, okay, I understand that you know. Char- like you're like well sometimes it would take 400 years for a character of consequence to come around it's like sure but most of the people in this sh- like they live a long time in this Elves, that era sure. yeah. else and the Numenor the human like the like Aragorn's race the heat because yeah the Numenor are humans that live just for fucking ever but okay. um yeah. and so like that's why their kingdom took so long to fall and all that other shit. And so it's like, I get, I get it. Like you want to get to the good stuff, but at the same time, then you're going to have to start answering questions like, okay, if, if, if these two like battles or these two wars happened right next to each other, how come characters that would technically be dead? Like what's your, Tolkien's reason for some of those people not being there was that a lot of years had passed and they died or they became too old or whatever, right? But if you're going to make it so that these are like right next to each other, what's your excuse going to be? I don't know. And I don't know how you write yourself out of that, but that seems like a problem that you're inviting on yourself for no reason. I think they you could I think they're going to do a couple well, I don't know a couple things. I think Or maybe they'll just be like this have... person's preoccupied over here, but then well, I don't what, know. It's what just... you'll do is, you know, when you get those characters made for TV shows, maybe they will combine a couple of characters from the literature into one person. And maybe. now all of a sudden you have a new character and you'll probably do something like that. I just, the thing that kills me about that is it's just like, again, I'm totally fine with you taking creative freedom in this area for the most part, but he left you so little that it seems ridiculous that you can't adhere to the small things that he did leave because then you're just if anything all you're saying is hey we just wanted the name and a couple names of the characters so we spent 250 mil on that like the the other thing that frustrates me at this point you could have just said like hey this is our own original fantasy show i don't know it's just in my brain and this is just hard for me to detach because i'm a fucking psychopath but it's like (laughs) i think if you if you can't even adhere to something as simple as names and a timeline, mm-hmm. then I think that you'd be better off just writing your own show. Well, according to according to Deadline, Jeff Bezos' son told him, Don't fuck this up. Yeah. Because he's a huge fan. So apparently, you know, there's yeah. some family. But that's how all <laughs> that's how all fans feel. Like, I mean, I it's like it's good for a reason. So, like, just don't... And I'm, I'm sure that other people, like, I... You know, we talked about this... We didn't talk about it on the show. Or I, we might have touched on it. But, like, I, I understand that, like, there's a lot of Wheel of Time fans that feel just as disenfranchised by Amazon right now. So, I get it. But I will say, from what I understand, from the first-hand accounts I've had from fans of Wheel of Time that watch the show, I, Rings of Power is already better than that, yes, from what I understand. Correct. You know... Um, my big thing here when it comes to the pacing on top of what you just said, Christian, is just the the actual pacing of the episodes. And the perfect example of that was, like, 
episode one in the first five minutes. There's, it starts off with a recap of how we got to where we are, and then you kick it off basically, with some characters. Yeah, that it does are, a little recap of the Cimmerillion, yeah. like the big battle so, in the Cimmerillion. Yeah, so you kick off with some characters heading to a new location that we've never seen in, in visual media before. Uh, essentially, it's far north of you know Middle Earth, but like we've never seen that before. So you kick them off, and the characters are there. And you get to this location that looks gorgeous. Looks but the radical. thing, but the thing is, like, <clears throat> it doesn't feel earned because you're just there. So instead of saying like, "Oh, I can't," like, I want to see more. We finally made it here. Characters yeah. are talking about it. Like, you're you just see there. Them walk there more. Sure. Okay. Right. So like, you're there, and then something happens, and the next scene, that character is now all of a sudden talking to another character in another location. And you and and it's you're out of it. So like there needs to be. I understand people complain about Game of Thrones because they're like, oh, too much walking. And even the Lord of the Rings movies, like not the Hobbit, but the Lord of the Rings, too much walking. It's been three movies and twelve hours just walking. But there needs to be That's this great. happy medium between the walking and teleporting to sure. give you a sense of like I've earned this gorgeous landscape or this gorgeous setting. Yeah. That that I have so I can sit in it. So you can build the world. Because when you hop back and forth, you're not world building. You're just saying, oh, look pretty. Now look over well, here. It's pretty here, it's too. Like, I was fine it's with like all that it. conversation. It's, it's, the, it's like the conversation between Elrond and Celebrimbor, where they're talking, and then it fades in a I was I was trying to not give out names for all the characters in the show, but yes. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm just... It's, it's not yeah, I know. It's not a spoiler. I, I, I know. Don't, I, don't think, I don't think that it's a spoiler. But either way... There's the moment because I'm not talking about what they're doing, but there's a moment where they, they start they start chatting about what it is that Elrond's supposed to be helping with, and then it fades in a map, and it shows them walking from the Elven city all the way to the Dwarven city of Casadoom, and it does little dots. I and loved the maid it. Out. I fucking the loved maid, it. Here's why I didn't like it is that because the map fades out and the conversation picks it's still up. Happening. A, the, the conversation picks up immediately from when notice. they were in the city. I didn't know. And you just go, so did you walk in silence? Dude, they did, they, did the like, same, they did the same thing, but I didn't pick it up there. But they did the same thing in another scene where uh, two elves start a conversation outside of a town. And then all of a sudden they're on yes. top of a wall. And they're having the same conversation. I looked at Ali. I was and like, did, is, they, did yeah, they say, goes, hold on, talking. wait a minute, and just stop? It, they, they say one thing, and then the, he, the scene cuts, and the guy goes, give me one reason. And yeah. you go... Bro, did you guys just shut up for the hour? Yes. How long? Like, yes. It's just that didn't affect it's, me. It's, I was fine it's with little, it. but well, most and most people are. But honestly, like that is the difference in a, in a good show and a great show. Like that's why everybody holds the first four seasons of Game of Thrones in such high regard because you earn everything you get and you, you understand lot. everything yeah. going on. You don't just teleport and, I don't think, and continue and I don't conversations. Mind, I don't mind. <laughs> Especially, like, I mean, Lord of the Rings is my favorite thing ever, so, like, I'm a big fan of walking and talking. As long as, <laughs> as, long as the exposition is worth it, sure. yeah. right? Like, yeah, I get it. I want it, like, you know, normally, if on paper, especially as somebody who likes big, bombastic, action-y stuff as much as I do, right? A conversation between Sam and Frodo on a hillside about when they first see the people, the the warriors from the east walking through on their way to Mordor or whatever, and they're just sitting there yucking it up about how wild these people look and that there's a fucking elephant and all this other well stuff. Thought. 
a Timothy only a, a Timothy a Timothy <laughs> only font as a matter of yes fact. yes <laughs> and so like on paper right like I could totally be like if if I'm to completely detached I don't see for a movie's sake I don't see how it's shot I don't see how they're doing it or from a book standard I don't see the dialogue right like so I don't know what they're talking about I'm just given this scene on principle I would totally understand why somebody would be like cut that shit out because no one cares let's get right let's get right back to the stuff right but then in practice when you are making it so that the conversations and the dialogue is worth it or from a movie perspective you're making it so the shot is is showing why that moment is so like wonderful as in like you know sense of wonder for those characters then all of a sudden now like alex like you were saying alex it becomes earned you're like Damn, I'm glad I saw this. They're like, damn, I'm glad I read this. I'm glad they it's, talked it's about this nice moment. It's a nice little touch, yeah. The, the, first, the very first scene I was talking about, it, you draw, you're dropped in where these soldiers make it to this location, and all of a sudden, because they don't find what they're looking for, frustrations start to boil over. We've been doing this too long. We've been out and about yes. too long. We're, we're doing this, and then something happens, and, and they go in their way. You, you then don't find out until the next scene like how long they've been out and the fact that like maybe they they didn't necessarily follow the orders they were given and stuff. And that's fine, but that's not the way it should have happened. I should have like heard some of these conversations on the road. I should have been able to see some of these yeah. frustrations starting to boil. That way when I got there, like you said, it like it was all it, it was all earned and felt now, valuable. I will say the second episode is better yes. about it than the first episode. Yes, the first episode yeah. is like getting sprayed with a submachine gun. Yeah. It too is, much information, too many things coming at you. It is you. so fast. Like They're they just are like, yeah. bam, here's Glagiel. Bam, here's Elrond. Bam, here's this person. Bam, 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 bam. And to the point where at the end of the episode you go, did anything happen? Like outside of the very end stinger, I'm like, I don't, I don't know that anything happened i think that i just got everybody's name for an hour what they were doing at the time we moved on yeah and so but the second episode i will say like i said it went from a c to like a c plus in my opinion like the the second episode was much better at giving a it was better than the first episode i should say at letting some moments like breathe and people hanging out and and talking so that stuff i was cool with and like um I will say the dynamic of, like, the humans of Middle-earth being down with Morgoth, and so the elves are like, motherfuckers, we haven't forgotten, yeah. right? And, like, in humans' eyes, it's like, dude, this, it's been, like, five generations. Like, leave us alone. Like, that kind of dynamic and stuff. I'm down with that. So that's cool. Um, the the Lightfoots? Hardfoots? The, Hardfoots. the early versions of it's what eventually become the Hobbits are very interesting. I think they're yeah. interesting. Yeah. They actually I think people were fun. really upset at them for some reason, but like just so everybody's on the same page, um, Tolkien was very clear about he didn't. I mean, he was not. He didn't specifically call out Harfoots as being proto hobbits, but they were listed among the people that came before hobbits. So like, it's not like it was like they didn't as. And look, you will. It, if Amazon starts pulling things out of the air and starts randomly making stuff up and then trying to shoehorn it into this world, I promise you, dear listeners, I will be the first one to complain. <laughs> but this is not that moment. Like I saw people being like, I just don't understand why they didn't call them hobbits. This is bullshit. It's like, 
if they're gonna do anything with some of those older races, it makes sense to do it here. Like, yeah, it's not. Do it proper. I just, I, I, I thought like honestly in that part there was some of the most clever attention to detail, which is like the way they lived out in the open but hid from the yeah. people yep. and the larger races. Like they did it's, some, it, it's they still, did some really it, clever things. That and I was and it good. leads well into what the Shire eventually becomes, mm-hmm. which is this area where how, it's this whole lovely you know area that into hills most of yeah. the world doesn't even know exists it's yep. literally yeah. that's the point i yeah so that's fine so that's my opinion on it i don't um before i move on i think preston do you want to say your piece on rings of power um i've enjoyed the show thoroughly um at first i've been enjoying it more than house of d um but then i'll talk about that later on the house of dragons from game of thrones um as far as the first two episodes go the house of d thank you jake and tours podcast for letting that be into my head. I will never not call it the house of D. Um, we'll talk about that later, but I, I, I didn't mind the pacing of it too much. Like it's give me all the information. I have no idea who these people are. Just nom, 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 nom. Give me all the info. Second episode yeah. is much better. And I do have one question about this, but it will be a spoiler. Um, cause I don't want to spoil anybody about this. So I'll put the spoiler alert warning here. Spoilers for the ring of power. For five minutes, starting now. And Alex, you said you watched both episodes, correct? I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm yep. The stranger. Yeah. I've heard that wizards don't arrive until the third age, but I have a lot of people uh, kind it's of not, stating that it might be Gandalf. Yeah. It's, so that's not necessarily true. The wizards that you know, right? So like the names that you know. Yeah. So like Gandalf. There's only Gray, we, we only like, know yeah. three from if if you're not a book reader, you know three, right? Because you know like Gandalf, Sauron, you know, yes. yeah, Sauron, exactly. you know Gandalf, but there's also the twins that are blue. There are other blue ones, green. yeah, that we never met. Yeah. Yes, so there's more, but so it, but to your point, Alex, yes, it's it's those are the big three, and however, the what people a lot of people don't know is that those are the names they were given when they were sent to earth to specifically help with the threat of like the ring and and all that other stuff right so that's but they have different celestial names from when they were like you know back in the day yeah when they were up in Gandalf even says like he doesn't remember his he doesn't know his name original he name he, he gets asked yeah. that in one of the movies yes yeah and even and he, it even goes farther than that like when you are watching the regular Lord of the Rings when he comes back as Gandalf the White oh yes that's what he used to call he, me yes it's because but in his time because when he went back up to heaven essentially before God sent him back down as Gandalf the White like in his in in his mind literally hundreds of thousands of years went by. So when he, when he came back down, he was like, right, you guys called me, this is Aragorn, your leg loss is Gimli. It's all come back to me now. My bad. It's been a minute, you know, that kind of stuff. So like, that's, that's what happened. Cause he's essentially, he even says in the books, like if they're comfortable with it, you guys can keep calling me Gandalf. But to be fair, like it's been so long that I don't even so Christian, it's not, it doesn't really mean anything I am, to me anymore. I, I have yes. a question for you then on that because Allie made a comment. You would know this better than I would. She said that Melkor or Morgoth, Morgoth, they were actually cast out of the West across the sky, and that's how they introduced this character, like flying through the sky and crashing. Yeah, so Earth, that's so. the other thing. I it would be 
really weird if they decided to try to bring back Morgoth that way. Because he should already be gone, right? Like, now that Sauron, or, yeah, Sauron is around, like, they He's done. came from Morgoth. Yes, yeah. like, he was he was cast out, She's yeah. that is correct, but he does not, like, that. there's no, at least in my memory, there is no physical return of that dude, so... right. Because Sauron, like you said, Sauron completely takes over. There's no... He leaves no room to be challenged. So, I it would be very interesting... I I really hope that's not what they're going for. That would be really stupid. Um, but if they if that is what they're going for, and then they try to like make Morgoth like a good dude or something, I don't know. That'd be a lot. But I hope that's... Man, I hope that's not the case. But you don't think but, this is Gandalf, correct? I think that... No, uh, well, I think that if That's my question. if they're, I think that it is that would be fan service. I think if they did that, which they yeah, might I, do. I mean, come on, I he looks kind of like him. He has the whole like he, he the does firefly look, thing, yeah. and he does the whole like voice thing. I so. don't think I don't think that they'll call him Gandalf. Of course, but it might be him. Wink, wink. Because nudge, to nudge. what you were saying, like he does not get that name till much later. Sure, sure. But. It would not surprise me if we got a proto wizard who is like down here feeling shit out, right. Gandalf like, and will. then sacrifices himself, dies, whatever, and that leads into the wizards we know getting sent down Coming in down. force, sure, to to okay. handle it. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if this was proto Sauron, because remember he was good. Like, yeah, he was. He was, was the he head was good of those for, wizards there. Uh, uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but. We know we get introduced to him as Sauron the White, like from minute one, like when he comes around. So right? where was his so gray version? I think that this could be a way that they could do. Hey, this is his gray version. He does something dope, and then God is like, "All right, I'm upgrading you," and then we'll send you down with Radagast with and Gandalf, and we'll others. get this thing popping. Yeah, yeah. And so that could okay. be the case, right. but. We'll see. I don't yeah. know. That's just me watching um, YouTube videos and like kind of like pulling together. I'm like, I need yeah. to talk to people who actually know Lord of the Rings to kind of give me yeah. maybe a little bit more insight. Other than just but right now, YouTube. it's not. Yeah, it's not for no, sure. Of course not. Yeah, what yeah, he, yeah. What you know, is, you know what podcast I would listen to? I would I would listen to a Stephen Colbert hosted breakdown oh, of this buddy. show every week. Stephen Colbert, I know you probably don't listen to this, but if you ever hear it, you should start that. And he's way too Dude, busy, know, but man. he could probably do an iHeartRadio kind of version. Like, yeah, just Here's bring in actors and stuff. Like, yeah, it'd be great. I don't think, I think that, I think that people who really like Lord of the Rings and Stephen Colbert is absolutely oh, yeah. one of those people. He's OG certified. Um, he, I don't think that it would be fun to listen to people talk because you, there would be a point where people who like the show, or like I should say, like really enjoy the show, would be like, "Shut up, you fucking nerd! Just let me have fun." <laughs> blah blah blah. Like, because that's how it feels sometimes. Like I know, like I totally get it, but it's just like, I would, I, I would love him to do a recap it, show. Yeah, because I me. because I just Lord of the Rings is uh, fucking a, host, in a hosted my veins, recap show would be good. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. do for Walking Dead and other stuff. That'd be good. Yeah, it would be cool. Now, I'll let Preston but. talk about House of the Dragon when it gets to his week. Sure. But let me just yeah. go ahead and say let me just go ahead and say the words quickly before we move on to Christian's week and Preston's. I completely disagree. House of Dragon was amazing for minute one. Anyway, let's... All right. We'll talk about moving on. Um, 
according to Preston, it was fucking boring. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll talk about it. So, uh, yeah, so then the next game that I played, uh, so um, happy to report. Uh, guys, T- Temtem is good. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wait, I was waiting so for tell, tell us so about that. I have, I have played about 10 hours. Okay, it's a handful. It is, and I only made it to the, I made it just through the first gym. Is it, is it Pokemon, like, does it feel like It feels like Pokemon. It, it absolutely feels in. like Pokemon. He said gym. It absolutely feels like Pokemon, but, um, well, they call them dojos. Okay. So whatever. Oh, but, so that's the thing. There is so much of this game, so much, that is very clearly ripped and then remixed in it. It is... I think the best phrase to call this is this is legally distinct Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's to the point it's, where it's even your the stuff first, isn't protected by law, so we are like, to the point where distinct. the I mean everybody knows like the first couple route themes to to Pokemon where it's like, you know, like that whole thing when you're walking through. They literally have a remixed version of that song while you're walking around the routes to the point where there's some of the same notes getting hit. And I'm like... But just slightly off. Oh, okay, so you just motherfuckers are going for it. Like, yeah. right <laughs> And um, so the coolest thing, though, I will say, bar, like, bar none, is there's two, two things of note. One, uh, mechanically, it is much better than Pokemon. So, like, every battle is a double battle. Okay. And so from like from middle, there are some trainers that you will fight that have um, just one, and then though that one Temtem will be like mad high level because it's just one of them. But in all those fights, they've been you just get they get smoked because they're just you have two, and they have one. Like you just it's hard for you to lose um, in those. But and you also you dunk on the trainers that only use one sometimes. Like you'll leave and be like, bro. Go get a second one. What the fuck are you doing? You'll never be able to stop people like this. Like, you will, like, talk shit to the people. It's really funny. Anyway, um, so it's much harder. Like, I got smoked at that first gym 12 times. Like, it was, I was getting worked. Like, is it just asking you to go grind? No, no. So that's no, that, that, and that's my favorite part is that there is a little bit of grinding to it, but I had everybody to around 22 or 23 by the time the first dojo hit and they, I was like two levels above the dojo. So I, I like Pokemon standards, you you should be able to run through that. Yes. If you've played a Pokemon game before, you will be fine. But the, the problem is, is that they ask, so they have. There's, like, the type matchups, right, that have always been there in all the Pokemon games, right? Like, you know, fire beats, you know, grass, grass beats water, blah, 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 right? On all the other different ones. However, this introduces a system where there are type synergies that you can build within your own team where certain Pokemon will get, or certain Temtem will get moves that will they have little plus signs next to them and if you if that if you have a partner that matches up that plus sign then it will give a super powered version of that move whether it's extra status effects extra damage comes out faster whatever right and you but the ideal scenario is where you have a team where they're doing like the two that you send out 
both are feeding off each other, right? And so you're getting two superpowered moves basically as you go. And then so you're you're you still have a team of six, but you're really trying to imagine Combos. three teams of two. Yeah. Okay. Right? Like yeah. in your head and, and trying to do combos like that. Or having one Temtem who's super strong and then having five other support ones to build off that one. You know, however you want to do it in your head, right? Um But so that's the kind of stuff that it asks you to do as you're playing where like you run into a couple trainers that do it and you're like oh that was a tough fight but whatever but then you get to the dojo and and that's what she she has like all of her temtem basically are feeding off each other and you're like fuck okay like and you got to use like items and like i had to use items to get through my first one like to heal in the middle of the fight because i was like i can't like i'm getting worked like i and so but that's the kind of stuff It, it from a mechanics perspective it is so refreshing to not just like bulldoze your fucking way through one of these games. Um, the next thing is that uh, this is a like a point five point is that um, the a lot of the designs uh, and I'm, I don't know if they if they got added as the part of the 1.0 launch or they've been adding more, you know, whatever, but there's 161. But as the ones that I've seen, there are a few stinkers. Like there's some that I'm just like, these don't look good. Like you should have just, but so far, most of the designs have been hitting. Like I was like, Oh shit. I actually dig these. Like, you know, cause that's Pokemon's biggest strength is that they all look, most of them. There's like 900 of them now. And I'll say like 700 of them are, are like, bangers right so it's like it's hard to compete with that sometimes but uh and it's only those are so good because they've been part of our lives right like forever Damn, like, like two decades you can see yeah. a pikachu go Yo, yep that's perfectly designed character right there like just you know there's but um so that's the kind of stuff that's like i'm it, it is it's nice to see that most of those designs are hitting the second point is the mmo aspect of this game dude the multiplayer stuff in this is fucking crazy the fact that you're running around and it's all cross-platform, right? So you're seeing Steam users, you're seeing Xbox users, you're seeing PlayStation users, Nintendo Switch users, and they're all just co-mingling, and they have, like, the little... Wherever they're playing, they just have the little sign next to their name. And then you're all just running around doing stuff, and you're, you know, it'll let people know if you're in a battle, if you're wanting to trade, if you're wanting to hang out. And they've got a chat, like MMOs have. And the moment that I had today is I'm playing... And um, the news about the Queen of England comes through that she died. Yes. And literally the first thing that I see is somebody being like, um, damn, rip to the queen. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to play this game for 100 more hours in her memory. And then it was like, peace up. And then that was it. And I was like, well, I'll chalk this up to things that could never happen in a Pokemon game. Like, that is <laughs> yeah. just, like, I just couldn't, I was, like, so stupid. But, like, um, yeah, so, like, it, it's just stuff like that that I thought was so funny. And, like, but it, it's what are you, good. What are you like, playing I, on? I'm playing on Xbox. So, do you think you would have preferred From what I understand, to have it somewhere, like... Switch, you can always have it with you, right? Like, you can take it with you and play on the go or... No, like, the reason is, is because it's an MMO, I wanted to get it on a console that I was going to have connected to the internet because there's times... A lot of the times when I play the Switch, I am I am not anywhere that has internet. Yeah, like, I, I look for the same thing, like games that typically don't require connection. Right, so, like, I 
totally understand the the if somebody was really into this game, I totally understand the mindset of wanting it on Switch. But for me, I am so often not when I'm playing the Switch, I'm not around internet, and that's what I have it for. Um, and so it it wouldn't work for me because this this game is online all the time. Like you are not playing offline. So or if you if they do have an offline mode, I don't know about it. But it's I'm almost <laughs> positive it's online only. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, and then I have one more game to talk about really quick, and it's mostly a bone to pick with Alex. Um, mostly because I can't believe he would do this to me, and I, I'm like incredibly betrayed. I started uh, Plague Tale, mm-hmm. uh, the first one. Yep. Um, you didn't warn me about the intro, and for that I'll never forgive you. No daddy warnings? No, no animal violence warnings. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, I Bro, mean... Bro, he gets murked. No, he gets <laughs> murked, and it is violent. No, they don't... I mean, it... it take... Yeah, you hear it. It sounds bad. No, You're and right. you see it. No, because I'll just explain they all, it to they everybody. They all just kind of take... The, the mice just take yeah. over. And they, like, no, that's hole. not what happened. No, he's... Yeah, okay, well, you don't know it's mice yet. I have no idea about whether it's mice, but, like... Because I'm I'm literally still in the first chapter. It, so far, the game seems fine. My but my thing is, you are running with your puppy, and then he's barking and he's chasing this little boar, and you're like, oh come on, lion, I'm gonna let's go, let's go get this boar so that we can all have a nice dinner tonight. Rah, 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 rah. And he's barking, he's barking, and then it stops, and she's like, why do you stop barking? And I literally was like, yo, if something happens to this dog. <laughs> I was like. I get a free shot on Alex. Like, if there's a game that has a horrible horror scare, I am I get a Holy free pass God. to not yeah. fucking tell him about it. And I was like, I can. There's nothing better happening this dog. And there's this fucking eldritch horror pit that is open, and, and the dog is halfway inside it, and he's like, like sad and hurt. And she goes and she like holds his face, and she's like. Lion, what's you know what's going on? She starts to pet him. She's like, "Don't worry, we're gonna get you out of here." And then the, the hole starts to shake and suck him in, and then blood shoots out of it like a fucking pyre. And he's like, <laughs> and the dog's like, Rah! like yells, and then gets sucked in, and it's dead silence. And then the dad comes up and like pulls the sword and is like, "What the fuck? We gotta get out of here!" Blah blah blah. blah. And I was like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> I was really so and, mad. And the problem I was is they, like, they build it up too because they give you a good like fifteen minutes with the dog running Aww. around like. Just through like the playing tutorial. With, bro, I'm Shit. telling you, I was like, a hundred. I get a free shot on Alex. A hundred percent. But so, I uh, but I'm go, I'm <laughs> gonna finish it because it came so highly recommended. For that's Alex, that's so the gonna, that's the only one. That's the only one. I'm gonna see it through. But man, I was I was like, ooh, I can't wait to talk <laughs> about this on the podcast today. Yeah, yeah. And I that's why I, I guess I should. How far through chapter one have you made it? I have. I'm at the spot where I'm. I'm running away with my mother. Okay. And I just I hit a bunch of metal with some rocks to like distract people. Yeah. And then she just walked up to what I assume would be the gate that was supposed to lead us out, but she was jiggling the handle and it seems like it's locked. But then I turned off the Xbox. So. My quick resume so, will pick up right from there. So whatever so happens from there, I don't know. I didn't give a daddy warning, but as you know, daddy is daddy is dead. Oh yeah, dead. he got murked. Yeah, that that part of my that's a, look that did, it, that look, dad was. It's it's not it's not just gonna be the dad. Let me just go ahead and tell you that. That's fine. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm assuming that like liter- my guess is that because the sister and the brother are the two people on the cover, 
And from what I've seen about the new game, they're the only ones. It's the sister and the brother. I'm assuming that everybody in that game is fair game except for the sister and the brother. That's yeah. my... I just, I just don't want you to be shocked when you turn on that game based on where you did your pause and your quick resume. Yeah. And it happens within the next 42 seconds. Like, okay. it's, it's so, going yeah, to be very quick. No, my my only complaint so far was the dog. I was like, bro, they did not have to do this. I, like this. You, I don't like animals either, so I must have, you know me, I must have blocked that out. By the end of it, I, I forgot all about it. I wish, I'm going to tell you like this. I, I hated that moment so much. I wish they should have had the dad go out like that. <laughs> Rather yeah. Than the dog. yeah. And I have been like, oh, damn, that's crazy. And then that's it. And then the dog like runs away and you don't see him again. Fine, whatever. Let him live out in the forest. I don't give a fuck. But to do it, my, he, the dog did not need to get done that dirty. I no. was like, this is unbelievable. They, they, do, they do a really good job, if you want to call it a really good job. They set the tone of this game real quick. Like, it is, this is during a time in French history with the plague and other stuff where like, my problem you, is, you're gonna run into people in town, and like you don't know where you're walking up. You're like, I don't know if I should be cautious walking through the street, or if I should be good. Like, is this person gonna start chasing me down? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's my problem. My problem so far is that because you're right, they do set the tone. So my thing is the way my brain works. There is no death that I'm going to find worse than how that dog got got, and so no. now. At, Anything else is going to feel less impactful because you set the tone with you used you used a tactical nuke at the beginning of your game, and now you're you're asking me like, hey, be worried about grenades, and it's like, motherfucker, I just dodged an atom bomb, so like, I'm I don't no I'm not, no no what they what they did what they did was it's that's not the tone they set. They said this world is a cruel world. So it's time for you to tap into your inner Laura Croft and take no prisoners. Like that's what yeah. they're that's what they're telling you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it. That's why I'm so excited. So, so now I just have to take every, like, I have to yeah. really look at any game you recommend moving forward. Alex yep, should play Mortuary no. Assistant. <laughs> yeah. It's a really mellow game with just about cadavers. It's fine. Yep. Nope. Just, just <laughs> no. If I have the opportunity to, to, to pull one over your eyes, I am going to do it. <laughs> so, I'll do it on purpose. so suspicious <laughs> of everything. I, 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 I care about you too much to do I should find a video game that has like a hidden animal violence thing and let you rock that one but I won't do that to you because I care too much about you but <laughs> I was like damn like I do I, I was like and like the dog is clearly like such like a cute looking dog too it's like like it seems like he's like a middle aged like like a golden retriever type. Oh, yeah, like he's, been, he, he's been with the family for a while, you could tell. Yeah, but, like, it's clearly her doll. Like, he sleeps in her room, and it's this whole thing. Dude, it's just... I was like, you did not need to go that hard within the first 15 minutes of the game. You just didn't need to do that. Yep. But, yeah. That was on we, me. That was on me. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all done, so... All right. Well, we're about over an hour into this. So I'll be quick as possible. Uh, so... Um, dabbled in Point P and Kirby Dream Buffet a little bit more. Also found out that Jake and his wife love that game. He is very into it. He's like level 50, he said to me. Uh, Kirby, so not Point P, right? Yeah, no, Kirby Dream Buffet. Yeah, okay. they've been enjoying that a lot because, you know, split screen. Um, but yeah, if you guys ever want to jump into that, uh, both me and Jake are down. Um, I have also uh, played a little bit more of Final Fantasy IX. Um, I am now in the Summoner's Town. I'm forgetting names right now. Uh, I just yep. got to the young purple-haired Maiden girl. Maiden Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Eco. 
And uh, we did the whole dinner thing, and now we're at a tree that starts with I, Ifri tree, Ifri tree? The life of tree, yeah. Life of tree, yeah. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, but yeah, still going through that, still going with it. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Man, you are... I'm, I'm over halfway now. You're cruising, I'm over dude. Yes. Now. I'm almost done with the second disc. I'm almost into the third yes, disc. Yes, you are cruising, dude. So second there. disc has a great... It has a great, like... When it was I'll discs back in the day, the cutscene at the end of what happens and like where it leaves you, where it's like put in the third disc is great. That's horrible. Yeah, the, so but just so you clear, cut, you are, um, the fight you're about to finish is the end of disc two. So you okay. are, you're there. Right. Like, um, yeah, I got a text from Preston, and this is how I knew that he was firmly into disc two. Is he just texts me and goes. Yeah, man, the uh, this theme in Black Mage Village goes hard. Like he just immediately <laughs> was like, "Yeah, this is this is a good song." Pretty funny I was song. like, yeah, "I know, pretty man. Good. It's a good track." Um, other than that, the only other game I played is a new game that I bought, and your boy's been feasting, guys. This is the second game I've got for Turn- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Team NT, if yeah, you will, dude. the Cowabunga collection. collection. So yep. I will say that it's you need to have nostalgia. For these games, or you need to be really interested on the history of Turtles games. Uh, these are the older arcade games, uh, Turtles in Time, the original Turtles arcade game. You have the versions of it on the consoles, the the uh, you know the the fighters, the tournament fighter game they have. Um, you have different versions of those. So like when you have the tournament fighters, you have the Super Nintendo and you have the um, the Sega version of it. Like, those are two separate parts of the menu. Like, you don't just press the button and switch it. You can press a button to switch uh, from US to Japanese version or English to Japanese version, which will also I change the cover and show you the cover that's of it cool. and change yeah, the name. That's dope. That's a lot of fun. I like that a lot. Um, and then a bunch of the Game Boy games, which I only played the first one of and was fine, um, but uh, AOL Count told me, hey, try Radical Rescue. He's like, that's my favorite. Like, just try that one out. I'm like, okay. So technically, that's like Turtles, I think, 3 on Game Boy. Um, Radical Rescue, you start off as Michelangelo, and you're going to save your other turtle friends to go save April, right? Um, but you go through this little small wooded area very quickly, and then you're, all of a sudden you're in this, like, tunnel. And you press the menu button. This is a straight-up Metroidvania game slash a Mega Man game. Because, like, you're going Man, through, that's... and you find that wall that has that, like, stacked door. And you press it, it goes... You walk through, behind you, and you're in a boss battle. So it's, and, but that before that, it's all Metroidvania. So you're running around trying to find different routes. You okay? I can't go up here until I do something else. Can't go over here until I get a key. And I went through because they also have strategy guides for all the games. So you can press a button, get like a quick strategy guide. Uh, I'm assuming it's from like a Nintendo well, like Power. Baked into the product, right on. Yeah. Okay. So you just press the button, and for something like Radical Rescue, it was, hey, you know, here's some tips on fighting Scratch, which is the guy I'm fighting right now. Um, I don't think I've beat him. I don't think... I don't know, no, I, I, I just recently beat him. I saved it after that. Um, but, you know, I take, a, I take a while to get to him because you're trying to figure out his patterns. Uh, the patterns aren't exactly the same. It, I think it kind of dials it in on how close you are to the enemy. It depends on what the enemy's going to do. And there's some of them where I'm trying to figure out how to navigate around this enemy without, like, walking through him and have it damage clipping without him attacking. So that, that's one of my problems with this game. But other than that, it's been a fantastic romp as far as, like, the combat doesn't feel 1,000% horrible for a Game Boy game, you would think, right? Sure. So, like, I'm hitting I'm hitting what I think I want to hit. I'm doing what I need to do. 
when I miss or get hit, nine times out of ten, it's my fault. It's not anything to do with it's a Game Boy game. It's not like the, uh, the NES game to where it just doesn't feel good for combat and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the, the black and gray, the black and green, whatever you want to call it. You're playing as that. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And with this Metroidvania one, the part that makes it super Metroidvania is that when I went to that strategy guide, it tells you, hey, when you get Donatello, you can now scale a wall kind of thing. Or when you get Leonardo, oh, cool. someone yeah. can go into the... Oh, so it's like your ability Abilities are based off the yes. turtles. You can swap between. Because if you have a small little entrance, you can swap to a different uh, turtle that has the... I can go into my shell and kind of go through that's there. Cool. It's, it's a lot of fun stuff they've kind of put into that turtle game. It's, it makes it a lot different than the others, which I think is a nice thing to kind of like... want to prop up there. Thank you, LL Account, for like... He's like, you should play this. It's like, you play, play whatever game you want. I'm like, no. I mean, like, I've played Turtles in Time God knows how many times. I played the arcade version. Don't get me wrong. The arcade one was the first one I played. When I boot this up, I'm like, you know what? I have to put in the arcade game. I have yeah. to do it again. And it's like, okay, you first start off, it doesn't start anything with the game until you choose a character, which would be in the arcade where you would put your coin slot in, right? Right. So you cannot yeah. switch mid-game. You have to start the game over and start with a new character. Um, the best part about these games is, A, the save states. So especially with that Radical Rescue one, Obviously, I can save it right in front of the boss. I'm like, hey, I make sure I get full health. Um, they have these items like a pizza that you can have that gives you full health once you get, you know, past your first life bar. And I have that all available, saved right before the boss. So I know I'm good to go. It's saved there. I love that because I wouldn't be able to do that in the old Game Boy game. Um, right. And then as far as the arcade is concerned, you just smash that select button. That's you just putting in cores, baby. That's just you getting extra lives and just go ahead and go to town. So I'm going to be able to beat all these arcade games because I'm just going to fucking toss coins in like nobody's business. Yeah, Um, that is cool. Yeah, I'm excited to, you know, play Turtles in Time on the the console version and stuff like that. I'm curious to see if it's a little different on the arcade. Uh, I can't wait for Christian to come over and play some some tournament fighters with me. And uh, yeah, Yeah, it'll be be a fun time. I'm going to hold that off until I play with Christian because I don't want to play it by myself. And I want to get good, have Christian come over and me stomp his ass. I want, I want to be fresh. I, I love that experience of, hey, we're both going to jump into a new fighting game. Let's see what these buttons yeah. do, kind of arcade style. Um, but that's all the games I had. I, we play, I mean, we played some uh, tabletop simulator for the first time for me. That was fun. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, We played Camel Up. It was Camel really Up. Fun. I was curious about the game. Yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Tabletop simulator is great. It's, it's a fun romp. Um, if we ever get time, we should totally do a tabletop simulator uh, night. Um, go really quickly through my shows. Um, <clears throat> finish Jojo Golden Win. So I'm into the new season. I haven't started the new season yet, but I'm at the new season now, which I'm upset because I literally wasn't even going to talk about it because I couldn't. I knew, but I have. I'm. I haven't finished it, but I'm into it. Like I started because they just dropped the next set of episodes. No, 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 no. no. The, new season. the Golden Win was the one before. The I know. New one. Okay, I'm sorry. I know. I was saying I just left JoJo off my week because okay, I, I knew that we would be here so, forever. But I'm, dude. I'm so happy. I'm now into the win. new season of JoJo, not the one they just dropped as far as the the part two. But yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go into the first part now. Um, JoJo's good. If you like JoJo, you like that shit. Um, She-Hulk, I'll mention real quickly, has been surprising me every episode, giving me great laughs, giving me a great time. I've been loving the show. The last one I, really? last episode I saw was the Meg the Stallion one, and I was fucking busting my ass up. And my sister loves Meg the Stallion, and I, I, uh, 
I, I, I tell Meg, hey, did you watch it yet? Because she also likes She-Hulk. I'm like, she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, got three words for you. Meg the Stallion. She's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> and she's like so excited to watch it. Great job they did with that. Uh, really quick, before you go past yeah. the JoJo thing, how was that fight between Jorno and King Crimson? It was pretty fucking intense, but also it's the same kind of like deal. Like almost like I'm not gonna just knock it because they do it differently every time. But it's always like, but did you know this twist? But did you I know, know. <laughs> my twist? But did you know yeah. this other twist? I'm like, come that on! That show guys, is always stop. ridiculous about how I they know. do that. I, I know, love it every but dude, time. But it's so it's so well done. Yeah. I thought the King Crimson shit was good. I was like evolution of the powers, hip, things like that kind yeah, of shit. And him as a villain is fucking insane. Yeah. Like he was like unhinged. I thought it was dope. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got a little confused cool. at one point because all of a sudden people are back, but like it, it's whatever. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, that was that <laughs> like whole second yes. to last episode. I'm like, why is everybody not dead? <laughs> well, dude, I was like, I was 100% like, dead. I mean, we just did a whole, like, like heavenly thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like, dude. what the fuck's going on? Oh, it's so yeah, sick. Dude, it was crazy. Uh, we already talked enough about Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, so I'll co- go past that. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I enjoyed the beginning of that more than I enjoyed the beginning of House of D, but I will say, um, I feel that we have the opposite feelings on pacing for those two shows as far as me and then versus Christian and Alex. As far as I feel that Lord of the Rings had better pacing than House of D because I felt very bored by the first two episodes. I feel that most of the first and second episode were very politically driven, which guess what? It's a Game of Thrones. It's called fucking Game of Thrones. It's a political show. I'm not, I'm not a person who really gives too much of a fuck about politics. And like, I did like, okay, okay. Can we, can we get to something a little more, you know, more meaty? And then I will say the third episode Give me the boobs and fighting, goddammit. Nope, no, I, I didn't get them titties yet. But guess what? I got all that fighting in the episode three. <laughs> I got titties, so yeah. many fucking... I got the great battles in episode three. It was fucking... I'm like, somebody, okay, here's my meat. Somebody pointed out on episode three... I did, Allie told me about this, something she read, and I didn't even notice, but it shows how good that performance was, that Damon Targaryen doesn't say a single word in that entire episode. Yep. And he just owned that episode. It was such a good performance yeah. from Matt Smith on that. It was amazing. Sure. Yeah, and kind of like helps me, it helps him go better because I felt like the first two episodes, I'm like, Matt Smith just feels weird in this position as this character. Like, I never saw him as that kind of, like, persona, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's the Morpheus uh, uh, the fatigue I had from watching him in that <laughs> movie. Uh, but uh, other than that, I've always known him as Doctor Who, who's nowhere near this character. And uh, that's why I know him, love him from. Um, but it's, it's very gr- great to see him do that. And then as far as the, uh, I guess, the queen-to-be, I, f- I forget names, I can't, so I can't throw them out there for you. Uh, but the heir to the throne currently, um, it's, it's great to see her have her kind of development with that big hunt that happened. And see the king also become m- more to my liking as far as he makes decisions but he's making great decisions as far as like what I would personally say as well. He's like, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to go too hard into it. But I feel that that towards the end, he makes some bad decisions, but also like his heart is there. And I think he is making he's saying the things that I would want a f- not just a father, but like a not an elder, if you will, but like someone you look up to an older person, like, like an adult. Model. Yeah, role model. Yeah. So, someone like I'd be like, fuck he's actually kind of doing good right now and like doing the proper things that you wouldn't expect in a game of Thrones King character, I would feel. 
I, I think I think that's beautiful. Uh, so I uh, House of House of D you know, episode my three. My biggest my biggest disappointment about this show is I think the girl that plays Rhaenyra yeah is fantastic. Like she does great. She's she's charming. It's hard to take your eyes off her when she's on screen. She steals the scenes when she's in it. Like and she's, she's strong. Like, it just seems strong. Yeah. yeah. But they're gonna do a time jump at some point in this season because they have somebody. Cast they just as did an it. Old Rhaenyra. No, they yeah, they did because actress so, cast. As oh, an uh, old okay. Rhaenyra. I'm sorry. Yeah, I remember that. But also, like from episode two to three, like yeah. you guys talk about time jumps in, in Lord of the Rings. Like spoilers for the House of D. All right, the House of Dragons for one minute, starting now. He literally marries. I'm sorry. This is gonna be kind of a spoiler. He literally marries a new person because after his wife died during childbirth and. Next episode, that lady is just pregnant. But I, I get why they did that. Like but almost like, like no, getting ready to pop a baby out. At some point pregnant. in the season, they're going to recast that girl in the middle with somebody older. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, they're going to get older probably and kind of jump forward maybe a little bit and more. And that's disappointing because I think she does great, and it's yeah, also kind of all the characters. It can great. be kind of jarring. Like between seasons is one thing, but in the middle of a season, I think is a little different. Can I, really quick? Can I? Drop a uh, Game of Thrones factoid that I thought Feel you guys would enjoy. Yeah, sure. That somebody did the the math on that I just think is go ahead. Just more incest. Really math. good. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, surprise. Uh, so Daenerys Targaryen's inbreeding coefficient is zero point three seven five. Charles II, the last Spanish Habsburg who was impotent, drooled, mentally disabled, and could barely walk, his coefficient was 0.254. <laughs> so Daenerys should yeah. not be like she is. No, Daenerys should probably just be like a puddle on the ground <laughs> that's loosely attached but by Super bones. Mario Bros. Evolves, disevolves slime. Yes. All right. Other than that, uh, don't have much else. Other than I do want to give a slight pause and recognition to Reservoir Dogs. Uh, sorry, Reservation Dogs. It that show is fucking fantastic. Shout, shout out to Quentin Tarantino yeah, for the no. 1998 <laughs> yeah. epic Reservoir it's, Dogs. It's, it's meant. It's, it, it's yeah. It's gonna throw people off. Uh, hey, to be fair, that movie's good too. It's a good movie. Uh, but either way, it's this show. Man, it gets me every fucking time. Like tugging on the heartstrings. She's doing like proper things. Like. It's it's a very heartfelt show, and if you don't want something that's just fantasy, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, House of D, She Hulk, all JoJo, like all this kind of fantastical stuff. To be fair, Reservation Dogs, you know, has a little bit of the fantastical, the spirit world, but uh, not much. It's more funny and uh, has a great time with it. And I just, man, this show fucking are you, kills it. Are you team? Uh, are you team fuck Jackie or are you team Jackie should be forgiven? Jackie should be forgiven, man. Jackie, Jackie has... You're so wrong. I it's, mean, like... Uh, the only thing you I watched Jack, have you watched the last episode? Spoilers for Reservation Dogs for one minute, starting now. Well, yes, and I so they th- forgave her way too easy. I, oh. Willie Jack was right most of that episode. When she did the... She was like, no, 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 I'm not going to drop you. I'm not trying to fuck up my Sonic gift card. And then she <laughs> immediately goes like, psych, you thought, bitch. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, but then Willie Jack said some shit about her brother who she didn't know was dead. And yeah, was and then ruthless. she went to go apologize and she was rude about so it. watch your back. And so yeah. then Willie Jack was... Yeah, so then Willie Jack was like, all right, fuck you too then. And I was like, yep, I, we stand a queen. Yeah, but was, then next episode we are back in. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. I will we'll say... I like Ali and I watch the show. We really like it too. It is a not. It's not an acquired taste. It's a very specific taste. So I 
I I don't I would have a hard time looking at some of the people I know and be like it's such a funny show go watch it because they're gonna get two yeah. minutes of that and be like this some is of the people fun. you know is the it's dry right? it's very dry and it's yeah just, see that's the yeah. thing is like I mean you guys know me like I yeah dry humor like sent like that is I love dry humor that's just my shit so yeah, yeah I. I loved that show from minute one. Yeah, that show's great. That show's fantastic. Everyone should watch it. It's it's a powerhouse. It's it deserves more praise. It deserves more viewership. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I was surprised that, that I just want to put out that also it was nice to see the uh, the actor. I think maybe even the actors from Prey in the last episode. I know the uh, the female actor from Prey was in the last episode. Was um, she? As far as like the community, co- when they came back. Oh, yeah, yeah, she, I didn't even realize yeah, that, that was, was her. the fucking. Uh, I don't know so if her know brother dude, was the other guy, but uh, yeah. She's uncle is the um, the cranberry juice dude on social media that oh, okay. like got famous for drinking yeah. cranberry juice oh, and skateboarding. Really? Yeah. Yep, okay. that's him. Yep. I was so happy. I was like, dude, look at this dude getting a gig <laughs> now and everything. Like, hell yeah, it's man. Nice to see. Yeah. That, yeah. That's my week. I will step back. All right. And let's talk about this topic an hour and almost 30 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian, do you want to take it or you want me to take it? You can take it. Go for it. All right. So this week, um, we are going to talk about games and is, is our company's decisions to push for consistent live service games. Is, I think the... Go ahead. Yeah. The, the title could be, should marketing and, and producers be drawn and quartered. I think well, I guess, that's a big topic. I guess that's, and, and that's the thing, yeah. like who's, 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 who are making these decisions? So where did this come about? This came from my destiny experience and why I chose to do it. And as we were playing, I said, Hey Christian, did you see that Halo is pushing back season three to March, which 2023, which will make this a 10 month season. How long would those seasons be? What, three months? 13 thir- weeks. Thir- 13, 13 weeks. weeks. Okay, not three months. I'm sorry. 13 weeks. <laughs> so, basically, so basically three, three months. months. Three okay. months. And this is going to be 10 months, at, supposedly. I do think they're at the point now where they will push out season three come hell or high water, whether it's ready or not. But yeah. we don't know. So, and, they're, and on top of that, they're even cutting, like, the uh, split screen couch co-op, which is something that like I, dude, I want. Now so, here's the thing: like Ali and I have gone through all of those games. Like we want. Well, apparently, get into this. it can still happen. I think here's the thing: uh, we'll get into this yeah. later. But like I, because I've seen a lot of people like hang their hat on the the split screen co-op thing. That they're like, this is the biggest crime that you've done since this game has launched, and I'm upset about it. I wouldn't blah, say it's blah. the biggest crime, but it is disappointing. I. I do. I agree that it is disappointing, m- only through the lens that they said that it would be in, yes. and now they're taking it away. Yes. So I, from that standpoint, I agree. However, if I, especially with what we know now as far as their employment situation, where leading up to Infinite, they had a bunch of contractors. Those contractors have now left, and it's now back to. What I assume to be just the the regular three four three studios. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you are the if you're the dev team leadership, you have to make some decisions on like features and stuff to make sure that stuff can get come out and do all these other things. 
if I if I'm in that position, split screen is the first thing that's getting okay. cut. And here's well, why. Hold, no, no, hold that. We're not there yet. So we're we're just not there yet. So that all I was gonna first say of is all, that I, people no, really like it, no, but it's, it's not it's, it's not that serious. Wrong. It is that serious, <laughs> and we'll get to it in a minute. Not. We're not there yet. So. I was sharing, like, hey, did you see the news? And we started to share some of our frustrations, which got us on to another topic around live service. Like, just how RE7 was almost turned into a live service. A Resident Evil game was almost made a live service. Team said no. And And when we say almost, we're talking, like, like, it was... Like, somebody's about to sign on the dotted line before someone smacked that pen out of their hand. Yes, like... Like, even talks of like Devil May Cry being a live service game, to which I, I just asked Christian, is is the push for live service, is the greed to have you just suckling money from everybody's pocket yeah. a little bit every month, like, is this, A, terrible, but is this going to ruin these games? Like, is this ruining the state of gaming in some of these? Yes. Right, and, and and is this live service and the need for money also leading to the bad experiences we get? Like, that would have ruined and, RE7, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but, like, is that also leading to the poor performance we're seeing? Halo has less than 10,000 active users on Steam. Like, that's nuts. On Steam. You're oh, Halo. Yes. I, I, I get it's on Steam only, but yeah. you're Halo. But that's the only, to be fair, that's the only platform that's reporting, that will report yeah, numbers, they're not, right? That's like, not Xbox numbers. Like, Xbox, like, I'm I'm positive that Xbox and Game Pass numbers are higher, but they don't report those numbers, and it's probably for a good, I, in general, I would say that console, consoles don't want to report those numbers, some, like, a lot of the times, but... In Halo's specific case, I'm sure that it's more than the ten thousand, like the less than ten thousand people playing on Steam, but it's probably still. way less than ideal. It's probably not target, yes. and oh, they're probably sure. exactly. It's, and it's probably way and less consu- than ideal. And, and player retention, it's probably you're probably seeing people drop for long periods of time before coming yeah. back. So, so that's yeah. what we're talking about tonight: live service and this push for live service. And we'll get into the Halo part in a bit, but. As Christian said, should we just title this marketing directors? Be able, should yes. they be drawn a quarter? Because so, Christian, that's that's where we started, right? With the RE conversation, which blew yeah, so my mind. So I, get, yeah, so, let's get us caught up. Yeah, so I sent you guys this video, but essentially um, there was a, a sit-down that um, the director um, for RE7 sat down with IGN, um, and there was one other person... Oh, and I, his name is he's and I think it was, what's his, the dude the Jack uh, Mikami Shinji, Shinji Mikami. Yeah. God, I don't know why I was I was like dude, the guy is like prolific. I don't know why I'm, at, but who is the father of Resident Evil? But also uh, now he owns Tango GameWorks, who's done The Evil Within, and most recently they did Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, but uh, him and the director for RE Seven sat down. Uh, with IGN, they were doing this interview, and so they were sort of just talking about like they were just they they were on the topic of games in general. It's a great interview; people should go watch it. But um, the thing that stuck out was that, um, you know, Shinji Mikami starts talking about how, in his mind, all of his games for one re- for one reason or the other, because he's sort of a perfectionist and that he has this certain idea of how he think wants things to ship. And then, obviously, the nature of game development, for one reason or the other, 
your work is never finished, right? Like, it's like when you make an art piece. Like, sometimes you just have to be okay and just put something out there regardless of, you know, what you think in your own head. Sure. Um, and so for one reason or the other, he was like, you know, evil with the both evil within games. And I agree with him about Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, but that they, you know, like, missed the mark in his brain for whatever reason. Like, he just is like, you know, I... We... I, I want our games to be better, even though, like, in my opinion, Evil Within 2 is, like, a, as far as survival horror games go, an absolute banger. Like, it is, I love that game. But, um, so then it comes to the director for RE7, and he basically is like, yeah, you know, we have a lot of internal battles sometimes, like, trying to figure out what the right balance for our games are, like, just where we want to hit. And he's talking about specifically... RE titles um, and he then goes on to tell this story that RE7 was almost turned into a live service game where it was basically going to be the the shitty multiplayer Resident Evil that is out now Reverse or whatever they got delayed like a year and a half or whatever Yeah, that, that game is what they wanted RE7 to be and like, because that's what everybody wants in a Resident Evil game is multiplayer. Right. And, you know, and to the, Preston actually, he summed it up very well in the group chat where he, you were like, uh, the problem is, is that these people look at stuff and go, hey, those people over there are making money. Yeah. I like money. Don't I you want that money? money? Why can't we have that money? Yeah. Let's put it in Resident Evil. And, that would make us that money. And so, but the problem is, is like, it's, it's when you look at RE-verse, it's bad. Like, it is, it, it has, like, little to no engagement. People think that it plays like shit. It's not fun. It's, it has all sorts of random, like, cash grab shit that people are just like, this isn't... Umbrella Academy stuff, kind of deal. Like, all that right. multiplayer shit is just and, great. But, so, he was basically alluding to the fact that, like, marking all these people were just, like, hammering down on Capcom leadership and being like, if you guys want to make a billion fucking dollars then this is what we need to do to RE because it's our biggest franchise. It has the most recognizable name. If we put that kind of weight behind it, then people will eat this shit up like money, the money, dirty money. little piggies they are yeah. and oink, 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 eat up, like that kind of stuff. And he goes on to describe that like it was physically depressing for him and the team. Like He was like, Nobody wanted to make that game. And so it, it turned into the situation where leadership basically was like, okay, you guys go out and you guys, like, this team basically bring your best ideas and you guys bring your best ideas and we'll just, we'll do it, right? And we'll see what happens. And thankfully, the current, the heat, you know, the single player focus won one, but it almost didn't. And, like, it's so crazy because. You know, and the entire time he was talking about, like, there was this air of, like, well, you guys better win because we were getting promised a lot of money. So, like, you know, this game better do good. And then, of course, that all happens behind the scenes, right? So nobody sees this. The, by nobody, I mean, like, the fans, right? And then, like, RE7 comes out and it's, like, this huge return to form. And everybody sees RE7 as, like, the return of Resident Evil. They're all so excited. It's got, 
these weird PT vibes, and they're like, how the fuck is this going to tie into, like, the regular overall RE story? Then they pull that off masterfully, and Chris Redfield shows up at the very end of it, and it's this fucking super cool reveal and all this other shit. And it's just like, dude, we were so close to having that game shoved in the trash can. Yep. And having a game focused solely on trying to unlock a sombrero on a battle pass for Chris Redfield so that I could go play this shitty fucking multiplayer hide-and-go-seek shooter or whatever the fuck it is. And it's just like, I... Why is it that these mark Like, that... I don't understand how they're still allowed to even have a seat at the table. Yeah, you do. Like... I no, I get it. I do. Like, I, but I'm saying, like, from a quality perspective, like, it's just, it's so annoying when companies get big. Because, like, in, my point to Alex when I brought this up too was like, people, you know, there was a lot of people who were like, um, like when Halo Infinite launched and its trouble state, people were or not. It didn't. It launched fine. It became unfine later. Yeah. But people were like, you know, how could they do this to Halo? Right? Like, how could this happen to Halo? And I was, and I, but I was talking to Alex, and I was like, "Dude, the Capcom story, the way the director is talking about it, think about the, the, the three of us anecdotally. Capcom has ne- like in the last eight years has not put out a bad game. No, like we've li- we've liked every single thing they put out. Yep, any of the like Devil May Cry Five, all the the Resident Evil games. Like we even you guys didn't play Resident Evil Eight, but we you watched me play through it. We all had a, a blast doing that. Monster Hunter games, absolute bangers. Like anything that Capcom has put out." We have all been like, yep, we're there for it, like because it's it's just been good. Like they just play it's just good games. And but even they, in that background, as a great a track record as they have, are always just three fucking dumbasses away from fucking it up. Monster Hunter is very and, close. Right, and so it's like, dude, it just blows me away. I'm just like, how can you like and so from a quality perspective, like that, and so that, but the part that I don't understand, and the, the reason I'm saying, like, is why do these people still have a fucking seat at the table, is from Capcom's point of view. I'm talking just purely businessman. If I'm CEO, Mr. CEO Capcom, like, RE7 makes, and RE8, either one of them solo or combined, made infinitely more money than REverse does, right? Yep. And so it's like, all your marketing people were over here on REverse, and they made a game by committee, basically, was over here. And then the game that people wanted to make is over here. And this one did way, way, way better than the marketing people's one. So it's like, why are they still, why do they even have an opinion? Why are they in this room? Like, it, it, and it, all these other people in the game industry see this stuff happen all the time. So then the Halo thing is upsetting because you see like you know master chief collection and I'll, I'll i'll let you brief more of the halo stuff after this little point but that's just my thing is like you see like master chief, like, 343 gets left alone right and they put master chief in the master chief collection into a spot where it's f- phenomenal and it's this amazing package that people love and they play all the fucking time and it's great and yada 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 and then it seems like marketing stuck its big dumbass head in 
with Infinite and was like, hey guys, uh, what if we did a bunch of dumb shit instead? But it would, I swear to God, Daddy Microsoft, it'll make us so much money. And then it doesn't. And so then it's like, but, like, I just, yeah, I don't, it's frustrating. Yeah, and here's the thing, like, I agree. Every game doesn't need to be a live service, and it's it's ridiculous that you would take these franchises. It, it shows a fundamental misunderstanding of your player base if you're taking these franchises or looking at these franchises that are standalone player-driven, single-player-driven, or, or you know what I mean, like an RE game or standalone experiences, and say, what we need to make this thrive is to change fundamentally what people love about it so we can charge them on a monthly or quarterly basis or through microtransactions. Yes. Like that just shows a fundamental misunderstanding of the industry and it is capitalism at its finest. Right? Yeah. Now so that's bad, but like then if you take a live service game like Halo Infinite, if that's what you're gonna be, it's I I don't even know how to express my frustration here. Like how do you mess this up? When you when if this was the twentieth anniversary of Xbox and they came out and they announced the multiplayer, they were the darling of the news cycle. Oh, Everybody we were so lost their freaking mind and how great the multiplayer felt and we can't wait for the story and we get it, it comes out a little bit longer so like the the season's gonna go longer we completely understand and the story comes out and the story's pretty good people really enjoy what it is but there's still things we're looking forward to I'd love to play with friends so I need that co-op I'd love to play with people in the house couch co-op would be great but like what I've been given what I've been given has been cool because I know I have all this fun stuff like Forge and more to look forward to in the future and there's a proven product out there that is also kind of live service in the Master Chief Collection that has already nailed this, so there's no way we can mess it up, right? Like, that's what you you're just thinking. just copy it right over. Yep. That's what you're thinking come January when the game launches, and you're like, oh, I can't wait. Like, the, pff, br- give it to me. Give it to me, right? I understand we have a store now, and I have to deal with microtransactions, but that's on me, and I have this battle pass, and I'll pay for it because I want to support this game. And it seems like from launch day on has been one trip over your own feet after another, after another, to where you're losing players and you're cutting features and you're, and you're building up features as what we're doing for you, which is something that should have been out months ago or should just be just expected. And it is a cluster. So how did we get here? And what can we do to fix that, right? Like, do, do you truly think, Christian, I know we were talking about this live service, do you truly think, in Preston, that the marketing managers pushed for so much of this battle pass system and, like, lowering the XP so people are forced to go into the store and pay for the boost to go through this battle pass, do you think that was truly such a big part that that's where a lot of the focus was and it's ruined this or do you think it's something else i actually think it could be something else i think maybe 343 just isn't suited to necessarily handle the scope of this game right now as they stand which is why they had contractors at the one point right so do you actually think it was like these marketer marketing managers at the beginning and the push for like the live service monetary gain or do you think it's something else go ahead president 
Um, it's I personally feel it's all monetary gain. There is some heart in there. Like you can, you can see it. Like the parts that we enjoy about this game, we know there's a team there that actually loves Halo and wants to give us something good. Um, but there is one thousand percent someone back there being like, "How are we making our money?" But you would also think that if they are going to be like, "How are we making our money?" Why don't we have season six on the horizon, right? Because like, the more seasons you have, the more money you can put forward, the more money you can say, hey, I'm going to drop 20, 30 bucks to get that full season and let's call it quits because yeah. I don't want to have time to play for it. Like it's, there, there are things happening behind the scenes that I don't understand. I have a feeling that was just because, like you guys said beforehand, 20th anniversary came up. Someone said, you need to have it out now. And someone goes, looks at it like, hey, you have these three to four maps. And the campaign's pretty much done. You just don't have the co-op in it. But, like, we could just... Push it. You, no one you, you care. just do it now. Like, like yeah, you yep. don't need 12 maps. You, just, you have these three or four maps, and yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll be fine. People want Halo, right? You give them a campaign. They'll do co-op later. They'll do all this kind of shit later. We'll have different maps later on. We'll just give them all those promises. And then now we're, what, eight months in? Almost ten months in now? Uh, we're coming up on the year in the November to where it's like, hey. Yeah. They've given us a couple more maps. They've given us a handful of cosmetics and a slight upgrade or a better enough, like as far as progression and upgrade to their experience boosts and like a uh, progression through uh, getting through levels. And most of that was recent, like within the last exactly. couple of months. Um, but as far as the first, you know, five, six months, you know, going beyond that a little bit too, we weren't getting much, if anything, like maybe a new, like we're finally putting like capture the point or like, capture the flag or some shit like something that should have been in the game in the beginning we finally got like that type of game type or something like that like something that you would expect in a fully fledged finished halo game we're slowly getting that trickled in so that game was not completely full-fledged and finished it just had parts of it that they somewhat polished to make it Mm -hmm. seem like a finished game and we've been playing the beta for the past eight months Preston, if the you reason? think if uh, if you think, and Christian, you can answer this too after Preston does, but like, if you think that it's mostly that marketing decision, if it's a push for the monetary gain out of live service, and there are good people in the room that are trying to get the player base what they want, which I also still kind of disagree with to a point, why hasn't somebody stood up and said no? Like, why hasn't somebody stood up and said this is not here's what, someone this probably is has not, it, this is not good for our community. It's, just, it's, just, it's, is, it's not Phil Spencer saying it, or someone higher up in that. So, this, yeah. So that's that's what I that's that's kind of the distinction that I want to make here. I do think I agree with Preston. I do think that it is purely monetary and it is a marketing and and production push. The reason I say that is because one, if I look at their track record, right? So like when for Halo Five, that was a game that they made solely on their own, and. Um, it was supported better than any probably shooter I've ever played. Like, it was still being phenomenal. Supported. Like we had mad all sorts of modes, maps, content, all sorts of shit. It was seasonal stuff. There was events that you go to do to get certain reward. All sorts of crazy. So they've done it before. Same thing with Master Chief Collection. After they fixed the crazy clusterfuck that that launch was, fixed that, and then everything, all the seasonal stuff they've done. All the live service shit they did before that, in my opinion, when they were left alone, after it looked like the money that was going to be made was going to be made, and they sort of just moved on. Mm-hmm. 
they they knocked it out of the park. Both those products, in my opinion, were phenomenal. I know there's a lot of people who hate the story for Halo Five. I really don't care. But the like it from st- strictly multiplayer live service content perspective, it was absolutely knocked out of the park. It was phenomenal. Um, so there's that part. To me, when you have a track record like that, I also think Halo Four is a great product as well. So for me, you've got three individual products that you launched on your own and two of those were before live service was really a thing right so i've i've seen you make two good products in my opinion in a row and then you implemented live service well on a master chief collection so anecdotally i don't have a reason to believe that if doors are closed and they're just allowed to work that good products can't come out of them right that's that's my opinion on it. So the reason that I think it's a marketing and production thing is that very clearly because of the success around Master Chief Collection and people, because it got so big around that time with how well they were doing all their live service model, Infinite was poised to be the return of Halo. It was bigger than it was ever it had ever been for a long time. It had a big resurgence. People were more focused on it, blah, blah, blah. It's not six. And that is when I think... Right, and that is when I think that Daddy Microsoft came in. Yeah. Now, what I'm, when I'm saying a marketing and producing team specifically, and I think this, this is a great distinction to make between like them and a Bungie like, like like Destiny, right? Is if your marketing team is in house, then I, I think it's fair to say that you, the team, made bad calls. I'm saying as a total. And you guys made bad calls and didn't do right by your community and stuff. That and that's how I would feel about a lot of the decisions that we would talk about with a bungee, right? Because now. bungee now, yes, yes. Activision like Blizzard times are done, different. Yeah. Yes. After anything they did after the split from Activision Blizzard, all that stuff to me is this, now this is on you. Mm-hmm. Even if you have your own marketing team and PR team it's inside, which baby. they do, it is your team. You own it. Because you are the, you're the everything, right? Whereas, three four three is the developers, but they're owned by Microsoft, and that a lot of that stuff, like the the marketing and then the PR and stuff, is all on a marketing side. There are people who work PR that are develop, like that are you know, three four three employees, but the bulk of that push, the marketing dollars, comes from. A producer, which is the micro, which is Microsoft in this case, right? So that's the distinction that I want to make. So when I'm complaining about um, a, when I'm saying like it seems like marketing fucked this game over, in my opinion, that's that's why I think that it's okay to make that distinction in this case. I'm not blaming a three four three because the bulk of that marketing force is coming from the producer in this case, unlike where. Like, let's say the next expansion for Destiny is trash. Like, they just, it becomes very bad, and they don't do good things, and they hurt the community and all that other stuff. That becomes, that's solely on them, right? Like, because there's nothing else, there's no there's no one to point to. Like, you're the guy. So, that, that's why I think that distinction needs to be made. And then, in general, though, that's, everything that I said before was why I think that it's a, it is a marketing thing is because they have a track record of being able to ship 
and this is again my opinion because I know some people hate five, some people don't like four, whatever. But no, I'm there with you. Yeah, yeah. they ship good Halo products. Solid Halo yes. games. Like there's just like are they good or bad? They're solid right, yes. games. And the multiplayer is always good. The Forge is good. They're supported well. We got new content the entire time. We got new maps. We got new modes. We got all other stuff. Again, Master... There's new shit coming out until Halo Infinite. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. There was new events happening in Halo 5 all the way up until Halo Infinite. Yeah. yeah. And, um, which is insane. That game was, like, eight years old at that point. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and Master Chief Collection, you know, it launched in a very rough state. Like, there's no yeah. two ways about that. I will say that even then... I do still give them a little bit of a a pass because if we're going to be honest, a a product of that size and scope, I don't know of another one that had been attempted like that. Do you guys? Like, a game that... A collection of games that brings over the, ex, the games exactly how they were also allows you to up-res them and flip between them as far as Halo 1 and Halo 2 are concerned... And then and be able to seamlessly three, join multiplayer from any of them with and, any and of them exact, the multiplayer yeah. is exactly how it was. That's true. It adapts to the game you're. Each it adapts one. to the map from the game that you're yeah. in, not just like adds new features to all so the like, maps. So yeah, in my opinion, there has never been a product like that before. Yeah, I would agree. And and so like, yeah. Do I think that you should you have launched in that moment? No. You should have taken more time because you knew that it was probably going to end up being rough. Like, there's no way you didn't know. So, do I think you should have held it behind? Sure. Do I, though, do I understand that it was fucking hard? And, sure, no one had ever attempted something like that before. Ever. Yeah. So, like, I give, I, but, but, credit where credit is due, a lot of things, especially with Infinite on the horizon, a lot of companies would have just let that game sort of fade into the Peter ether. Out. Yeah. But they didn't, right? Yeah. Like they they did everything that they said they were going to do. Then they brought it to Steam, which is the first time that any of those Halo games had ever hit PC outside of Halo 1, right? So they bring it to a whole new platform. Then they starting adding live service to it stuff, but it's awesome. It's really well done. They're unearthing content from either stuff that they did back when they were owned by Bungie. Or back when, like, it's other content that Bungie did way back in those times, right? So, like, that's, to me, I don't see how you can have all of that evidence and then go, the developers at 343 are trash, right? Like, because to me, it's just, they have a proven track record of doing good work. And so, in my opinion, the fault here lies with Microsoft. That's just where I land. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm so torn, right? I think it's part Microsoft. I agree with everything you just said. So I definitely think it's Microsoft, but I also think there's some problems on the 343 team, right? So Christian, I watched a video. Sure. You shared a video with us earlier today that was their pub publicity announcement of the acknowledgement. It was Halo their dev roundtable. Yeah, for but those who don't, yeah, it was just it was it was the leader, it was the dev or the studio leader Joseph Staten and then um 
the live service manager or whatever the fuck his thing was, and but then it, it was the acknowledgement the sketch of the, the of fuck. the leak of like, hey, season three is gonna be pushed back to March or cutting the co-op, but we're right. still getting the Forge in November and other. It stuff. It was their September update, and I personally I hate those roundtables. We talked about this as a whole, like being in the tech industry. I get so annoyed with platitudes so quickly it's corporate speak it's and just it's it's, it's yeah, so it's annoying and it's just like the way Keep it internal the way you have you spin like i i'm negative immediately as soon as i see those things and i i'm gonna be negative the whole time because I'm, all i feel the whole time is you're spinning this to me and this is why right but there were some things that stood out to me i'm negative anytime i see a set if you yeah. have, if you have three or four, cha- however many people are there, if you have chairs and then a table in between and like little cups and then there's like, like a bunch of memorabilia all on some fucking wall and it's very clear that you're they in all work for the same company yeah, and it's very clear like a same studio thing. I'm already before you even spoke, I hate you. Like I'm just, I hate this. Yeah, it, it sucks, right? But like. There were some things that I found interesting, and I agree. There were some comments that were made, like, Halo has always been competitive. We focus on the competitive features, and people were losing their minds saying, it's not competitive, it's casual, and I think you misunderstood what he said. Like, I think people were taking that to an exception and saying that Halo has lost touch with its base community, and they're only focusing on the competitive yeah. aspects and the balancing and the things there, and not for the casual player. I don't think that's true, but... They did also if anything, say they like, ignore the competitive side and focus way. They focus on the casual player. I actually yes, just like think they're th- missing both. Like I think they're just disconnected a little too much from their overall community and play and their players. But like then they also said like, hey, in March this will be the kickoff of our new battle pass and season, right? Like finally. They're, they're trying to make this a live service game in the right way with like shorter seasons and stuff that makes sense and and more faster events and more robust events and all this stuff. And but they also said... And to get you through the battle passes faster. Faster. But they made a couple of acknowledgements. They said, first, think of season three as the kickoff of what the new battle pass and seasons will be. But that does not mean season three will be a 13-week season. And we're not willing to commit to that yet. So, we could still get another six months out of that season, and just, like, hoping that we have something to bring us back to that game. They also said, we're giving you new XP in the matches, um, so you can get progression just for playing. Sure, in the winter update. They're like, that's just for playing, you're going to get XP, you're going to get progression towards your battle pass. However, we're calling it a beta, because we may get it wrong. That, to me, also says that, like, we just anticipate backlash because something we're planning is not going to be loved. I think, I all I think they're saying there, I said this in the text, but I think all they're saying there is, look, we, we have numbers in our mind that we're going to put out, and we won't know until you guys try it on whether or not those numbers are good or whether or not they need to be tweaked. So... We ha- like I get it. Like you know, they could say right now they could come out and go, "Hey, you're gonna get a base XP of 200 per match with the ability to, if you win, you get an extra hundred, and if you do well, you get an extra 75 or whatever." Right? Like whatever their numbers are. And hearing that on paper right now, I'm like, "Yeah, sure," but like I won't know what that feels like until I'm until I play. 
So I get I get wanting to be like, hey, we're giving ourselves room to adjust those numbers. Sure. But it just seemed there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of spin, which means that there's still that means there's still uncertainty behind the scenes at 343 and at Microsoft. And probably I would assume there's got to be a lot of tension in all of those meetings from to what you said, Preston the people that are saying we are doing our community dirty to like the marketing people that say like, sure, we have to find that great balance of money. And the marketing people being like, no, you don't understand. We haven't shivved these people enough yet. Right. And and then Microsoft who's saying, well, you need to fix it, but you need to fix it with a skeleton crew. That's why I think like, honestly, I don't know that three, four, three is currently set up to handle the scope of what this game is and what they need to do to get it to where it needs to be, right? Like, getting rid of all those contracted workers, like, I don't know if that's a great decision right now. It seems like Microsoft should be pumping in the money to keep those contract workers, to keep things on pace that they need to give. Even an admission of cutting simple things, and I get, I, Christian, I actually agree with your argument. If you had to pick something to cut on the big whiteboard, what would be the least valuable? Couch co-op. It's going to affect the smallest number of your yep. player base. I get it, but... It's, it's still, like, you will inevitably be hurting a fraction of your player base. So it's still yes. not the right decision for the community. If you said from day one or from early on, like, hey, we want to bring Couch Co-op and Split Screen Co-op back to Halo because we know I people like doing that. Yeah, I think you are ob- – if you tell people that it's going to be in, you are obligated to ship that at right. some point. So, like, so and, I totally agree with that. And, and these seasons and like getting out the maps and stuff and like the forge, which you know people like, I get it, this stuff is coming, but clearly you're not set up for success with the people and the teams that you need to make this stuff happen. And I think it's on Microsoft to step in and help this out. I just don't understand. Right. My thing is like, how do you not staff this company? Like, how do you not? Like, I don't want to hear. How is this not your main driving force? Like, what what other games do you have coming out that's like your tent? Thank poles? you, Preston. Yes. Like, got another Gears of War coming? I don't see it yet. And the coalition. You got anything else? What, what else? The you coalition have? is a way bigger studio Bethesda than games? three four three. Like, fuck off. Like, you exactly what you're saying, Preston. Yeah, a thousand percent. You have no other fucking games coming out, and. Even if you did have another Gears game, you have the Coalition over there who's a way bigger studio than 343, and so, but, like, how is your, look, I love Gears. Like, I'm not, you were not going to hear, Gears is a good game. Good couch co-op. But, that too, but, uh, there is no universe in which the studio that makes Gears should be bigger than the studio that makes Halo. No, like I'm just sorry. Halo's your Halo, yeah. they, they the reason that they're they're at the 20th anniversary showcase is because they're the main game that we think of when you think of Xbox. Don't be wrong, we think of Gears of War as well, but Halo is the but game. Gears is like the little, the side of mashed potatoes on your Thanksgiving, like next to the like big you, you get it turkey you, plate. You get the you get it for the turkey, which is Halo, and you get the added sides of the mashed potatoes, oh, which go, is Gears, oh, right? It, yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah, great. Like, that was great. And now, and you know, to be fair, now that's going to change with all the other, like, the first party stuff they've got coming down the pipeline now. Yeah, Bethesda. But, shit, yeah. But I, I think in general, that is where it's it's a Gears and Halo box for a really long time. Like, that's, you but know, what it is. And, like, it's been that way. You would think, like, rather than worrying about, you know, having having the people making the, the money decisions, the marketing decisions, what can we pull from our players? 
you think somebody by now would scrap that and say, we are at the hour where it doesn't matter how much money we're bringing in from people from the store. We need to be pumping all of this excess money we have into this game to retain our players because the option is going to be, let's keep pushing the little things people don't care about to get money out of the store and you know versus having no players like you're getting to the point where you're gonna lose everybody to something else that video you sent christian two hundred and twenty-seven thousand views i scrolled through the comments for 10 minutes i could not find a good comment i could find less I, bad ones I, of like man i'm disappointed they're not listening it seems like they're not listening to the community i could not find a positive comment no I think that yeah, at whole best, community list. That's that's just, that's just what the internet does to also. That, like, that, no, but you have your you have your defenders. You have people that will jump in and get in fights and arguments sure, and say like yeah. you're not. But there not was as not, often as the the. This option. is Halo. Though. There's not a single person that defended those comments for yeah. ten minutes of scrolling. I, at best, I think because because I, I think here's where people are at. Right, is at best I saw a couple neutral comments like you were saying, Alex. Yeah. That were, hey, look. I get it. Thanks for being transparent sucks, and open. I'm disappointed, but, yeah. but you know, I hope you guys are able to turn it around. And I'm here for the yeah, long haul because hope. I like playing Halo, right? Like that's. I'm not even sure that I, I that might even be more positive than anyone that but I, I, but could I still, find. But I still think that's yeah. neutral, right? Like, right. I, like I don't think that yeah. qualifies as positive. I think it's positive in comparison to. I'm going to sure. bomb your house and I hope you all die. Blah blah blah. I'm gonna poop in your sure. mailbox. Yeah. But like it's, I think it's neutral. Like that was the best kind of comment you could find as like a neutral one. Um, but I think that most people, anybody who would be ready to defend a Halo, is in a position like us where it's like, look, man, I'm here, right? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, and free, I will be here so. to see. Well, we already paid for the game, right? Like we all bought the story. That game, pass yeah, happens. also Game Pass, right? But you know what I'm saying, like. And so, like, I'm here already, so I'm not going to go anywhere. And I will, when new updates come out, I will check in to see if it's finally what I want it to be or where I want it to be. But I'm also disappointed enough that I am not about to go, I'm, I'm not this person anyway, but, like, I am not about to go onto the internet and be a shield for... Warranted or unwarranted criticism, whatever that looks if, like, right? Like, yeah, like whether it's somebody like who I, you know, like who, like we were playing the other day with, like with Jake. I think there's tons of concerns from his competitive aspect that I think are totally warranted. Like, I don't play the game like that, but I get it, right? Like, I totally get being upset that, like, I know one of the things he complained about was like the matchmaking being all fucking out of kilter and stuff. I totally get it. I would be pissed if I if my if I was playing ranked all the time and my shit was getting down or up depending on the whims of whatever dice rolls happening in the back. I'd mm -hmm. be pissed. I totally get it. Um, but so like that to me is like warranted criticism, right? And then unwarranted, I think, is people being like, you know, you all are trash, and I hope somebody kills your your children or some. You know, it's like okay, but I'm all, but. For warranted or unwarranted, I'm not. I'm not going to go online and be your shield because it's like I don't. Right. You haven't done anything to make it so that I should. That I'm at that point, regardless of whether I ultimately blame you or not. Like, I don't ultimately blame three four three for what's happening, in my opinion, based off the evidence that I have. But 
I'm still not going to go out of my way to be like, you know, hey guys, let's calm down. Like, don't tell them that you should kill them or whatever. Because it's like, it's not. It's if if there's not if every day you go into work on that. Also, I'm not advocating game, for that. By the way, no. I just want to be very clear. But if you're some if you're a decision maker on that game, so not the line level devs, not the people doing the work, but if you're a decision maker on that game, if you're not going into work every day with the alarm sounding that something needs to change, yeah, then you're not having a productive day of work. I like, I mean, like, I'd be at the point where like if I'm the studio lead. Like if I'm Joseph Stad and I I'm on the phone every day with Microsoft being like, "You need to give me money to hire people. This is stupid. Yeah, I should not be in this position. No. Now to be fair, yeah. to be fair, just so everybody is clear, contract contract workers. Well, that also too. You're right, Preston. I don't know what he's doing, but contract workers happen on every project. Like every studio will leverage some amount of contract work. Um, to get things over the finish line because there's when especially like with single player games right there's a certain point like Bethesda is probably a great example of a studio that uses that uses contractors all the time where once a Skyrim ships right the only thing that's going to be happening is bug fixes and then DLC down the road there's no there's no such thing as a bug fix update in skyrim but you know what i'm saying (laughs) you know what i'm saying right like so it's easy to imagine yeah a situation which it's very you build 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 to get with a bunch of contractors to make it so that you can get the big product out the door and then now we can scale back and take our time to do the more smaller crafted experiences that we are doing for dlc whatever that looks like right so that happens everywhere um, my thing is that they should not make up like the bulk of your workforce. That seems crazy. But then also, you should not. It should not be to the point where, as soon as those contractors leave, you all of a sudden don't have enough people to do the basic work, any, the basic anything pipeline. on time that you promise. Yeah, you you have a pipeline years in advance. And you let enough people go to where you can't keep up with your own. You made it your own pipeline. And after you let yeah, them go, now like, had you not given anybody a timeline or anything like, look, hey, we're gonna be supporting the game, and stuff will come out when it comes out. Sure. Didn't I have nothing? I can't. I'm. I can complain that you're that. <laughs> not a great can, way to keep players, but your decision. But but I can't now. Being I can't truthful. fight you on you mm-hmm. missing a deadline when there's nothing there, yeah. right? Um. But, you know, I just will, yeah, it's, I mean, like, dude, you know, another example outside of Halo that this, that this happened is, and this would be a good example of a a thing in which I do believe that the team is responsible, even though if I do think that it was the marketing folks inside them, um, Cyberpunk is a great example. Like, that game. They wanted that game shipped no matter what. They wanted that game shipped no matter what, but they also... They lied. Like, they used trailers and screenshots of a product that did not exist and said, it's fine, just ship it because we'll get there eventually. And then, then had eight, the nerve. Eight years passed and they still weren't there. <laughs> and then had the nerve to turn around and blame the regular level workers and testers mm-hmm. and say that it was their fault. 
So, and that, which we all know, is, we like fuck it, you. It is bullshit, no, no, but fuck you. You know, I think to the to the to the untrained eye, right? Like, it's really easy to just be like, these developers are lazy or trash, right? And I think that's the reason that, like, we've always said multiple episodes, like, I, it is the most like irresponsible thing to say when you are talking about game development is like these developers are bad or like you're garbage. Now, now of course, obviously throwing your team under the there bus. There are yes, there are there are rare exceptions to that. Like the people who made the game Hatred, that is basically just like you know an ode to the movie Postal, where Going you're just postal, like killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah like good. yes, you're trash, and I like you know those developers are trash. I have no problem saying that, but like in general, for bigger project like for for projects that matter. Um, you, the, the, nobody goes into work as a developer, especially in this fucking industry, how fucking horrible it is for regular workers. Nobody goes in to say, I hope I can make the shittiest product possible. Like, so to treat them like they're, it's coming from like a, a money, like a, like a money grab scheme or anything, some other stuff. And it's like, oh, hey, you're the character designer on... The Witcher or whatever. I'm going to like send threats to your house now be, or Cyberpunk. I'm going to send threats to your house now because I'm so mad that you guys, you fucked over this game and I fucking hate you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, that character is not like does not where these responsibilities lie. Ultimately, it's in my, like I said, I think it's a huge thing on marketing and production and then Alice, what you were talking about too, studio heads. If you are a person who is coming in and making decisions day to day then those calls on what gets scrapped or what doesn't or where resources are going or where resources are leaving like all that other stuff that shit's on you and you should be a big enough person to go out and like accept that flack and not let it get your team like that and you need to stand up for your beliefs like you you shouldn't first of all you shouldn't let the the monetary aspect right, the marketing piece, you shouldn't let that encroach on the game you want to make. And you if should it is, fight all that's, the way up. Yeah, if it is, like, that's a problem for you. You're not standing up for it. The other side of it is, if you are designing your game to incorporate that stuff, you should not mess it up because there are plenty of models that exist that do it well. There's a game we hate. We do not like Fortnite. But you cannot deny that they do live like service hate. really, really well. Oh, it's incredible. It's right? incredible. So if like, I had a game, if yeah, I do, yeah. if I, the only game that I can think of that is supported as well as Fortnite is 14. Yeah, like, like it, the, the, 14 is another great example. Like, the, the models exist. So how? But like, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I, if I had, if dude, if I had another game, if I had a game that was getting shit like Fortnite, I would be, I would lose my fucking mind. Fortnite. Like it, somebody, it is, I read an article the other day. Actually, I tell you, what, I did not read an article. Even though I, I care s- nothing about it, I saw a like, headline of an article and then just like skipped past it because I didn't care. But the headline was everybody's talking about the metaverse and what it's going to look like. It already exists in Fortnite, which isn't wrong. With the with the skins and the collaborations they do, you can what play char- as Goku doing a Kamehameha to Naruto, who's doing the gritty. Like it's to to Wonder <laughs> Woman and everything else. Like them. what yeah. character does not exist in that game already? It's nuts. Yeah, I don't know, man. I 
it's tough. Like, and it becomes the situation too, where like you think about, because like Preston, you were talking about the biggest thing is that these, the marketing people, like they 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 look over at people making hand over fist money, right, and they go, those people are making money. I want to make money. Let's make the money, right? Yeah, they're not the people who love these games for the most part. They're the people who like, I'm here. My money's invested because I know Halo makes money. But guess what? There's a Fortnite over there. There's Destiny's kind of making some money with this. The guys who made the original Halos, like, there's things that are happening to where people are paying hand over fist. And why aren't we doing that? Why am I not making that same money? But even, uh, yeah, but even like a Fortnite or like, uh, like a Destiny or whatever, like, those people aren't. I don't think those are the models that those people are even looking at. Like, I think. I think these marketing people, the way that I think they're looking at it is they're looking at Madden, they're looking at FIFA, they're looking at NBA 2K, they're looking at all these sports games that are so disgustingly predatory to their player base. They ship FIFA horrible the, products. the worst. But... And they're not super praised. They're not, making money. but they make hand over fist money, and the reason is because those exactly. players have no other option. Yes. Right? And I think that's what they want. The, the, these marketing people are looking at these teams and being like, you should go do this because it made this people a lot of money. And although, yeah, sure, your players might be bad, but where else are they going to go? The, pro- the difference is is that... We're the only Halo game, right? so they're going to play but it. The problem is, is that it's like, oh, but I'm an idiot and I'm not understanding the fact that Halo is just taking up a space in the shooter genre, of which there are a plethora plenty. now. Yeah, plenty. And I can go choose whatever. And the Halo's saving, saving grace right now is that most of them are bad. So it's like now it's a race to who fixes your own game first, right? And you don't have to worry about EA because it's not going to be Battlefield. And <laughs> yeah, that's true. Call of Duty changes like the wind. So, you know, even if they beat you to it one year, they'll probably fuck it up the next one. And so you have another opportunity to be the person that swoops in, right? And so your only saving grace right now is that the other people in the and then Fortnite is such its own different thing that its player base yeah, that's not isn't same. really even yeah. going to be taking over into no. Halo, right? So like your only saving grace is that most of the people you're playing against that you're competing against are trash. But let that not be the case. Not doing well. Yeah. There we go. I know it was random um, kind of a random topic but like we were just Christian and I were venting about about Halo and it's like I don't want to say fall for grace I feel like it's very drastic but honestly like I don't know how else to describe it for what they're doing right now we'll see maybe our opinion will change come March that's six months away or five like you know I don't know what to say like like, I am excited to do co-op like online co-op is going to be fun yeah, but we've been waiting for it. You're like sitting here going, when's it yes. happen? Oh, push again? Push it yeah. again? Push so, it again? Like, how about you shut the fuck up and It'll it be here us? in November, so I am excited about that, but like... We'll see. I, there is a chance, I don't think... I, they seem pretty <laughs> confident that it's going to come out, so I'm... Yeah, they seem confident a lot about things. So, but if it does hit in November, then, you know, like, uh, that'll be a cool thing. Like, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about yes, Forge. I, look, I think it's fun, right too. Back. It'll just be, how long is it going to grab grab you back? Right? Like, how long is it going to pull you back in before you go, cool, like, this took me to mid-December, and I still have three and a half more months until something new comes. So, we'll see. But we we had a lot of frustration about that, which led to our conversation around, like, just why does every... 
we know why everybody wants to go towards live service, but what a ridiculous decision, what a ridiculous conversation that is for 90% of your games out there. Let's turn this into a live service game. Like, that can only be detrimental. And, you know, really, just really quick, no, to, like, I guess a good way to cap this off now that I'm thinking about it would be to answer your original question, Alex, is is it ruining, like, game saying My answer would be yes. Like, I'm, if you, like, I'm looking at the, like, my shelf right now of... Not to be like the old man shaking his hands at clouds things, but like I'm looking over my shelf of all like these older games, and I'm like, man, it's wild how much better games were back then. As in, not how much more how how much more complete they were. Every game you got was a complete game. For better or for worse, it was it was what they were able to ship at that time. So sometimes that was bad, and sometimes that was phenomenal. But it was it was what you were gonna get. Right? There and, was no later down the road promises thing. And if there was, like, even when you got to the time of, like, pop it in that disc, but eventually DLC could come, like, it was a it was a benefit. It was a surprise. It was, like, it was a surprise delight. Like, oh, cool. Like, I have a DLC for this. But it wasn't just a expected, let's push something out for the sake of... Never money. felt like they left something yeah. out for a DLC. Yeah. yeah. So. For a while, up until Horse Armor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never, I never bought horse armor for Assassin's Creed. I, I they tried to sell it. I oh, it. I'm talking about the horse armor in Oblivion. Oh no, I know, but I'm saying like yeah. I, I never did that. But then they they continued that in Assassin's Creed. You could do character armor and horse armor to yeah. match, as well as boat armor for that matter. I never, I never bought any of those. So uh-huh. I'm proud to proud to be one of those people. Um. All right, so. That has been another episode of The Testing Room. Um, any final yeah. words before we sign off here? I don't know. The reason I ask is because I don't know if anybody had anything else before. No, that was my, that was my no. thing. Is that I thought we'd just go like, hey, is, is it ruining gaming? And my answer was yes. But Yeah, no, I know that was your thing. But Preston <laughs> sometimes has, I have to check with the producer before I'm allowed to sign yeah, off. But I just figured you guys would both no, give your fine. answer. Okay, whatever. Yeah. All right. Also, I'm not bringing any games. To okay, so that's been another episode. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, have a great week. And, uh, yeah. gents, we need to find some time to uh, get something in this weekend, get some get some gaming in this week. Yeah, sometime. sure. So. Maybe you should uh, download Kirby's Dream Buffet and play with me and Jake. So anyway, we should try and find some time <laughs> to get something <laughs> Fifteen dollars. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll talk about it. Um, with that, everybody, like I said, have to go to a press and you know what to do. Hit it. This has been the testing room. Music by at Damian Crow on Instagram. Logo and art by at RavePet. Interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at Testing Room Pod, or email us at testingroompod at gmail.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all of your favorite podcasting apps, and make sure to share us with your friends. Thanks, and see you next time.